What's up, guys? Welcome to Season 4, the long-awaited Season 4 of the Pointless 64 Podcast. Uh, this is Episode 1. It's been a while. I've missed you all here. My name is Austin Space, as always. So, uh, you know by now what we're doing. I've already teased it. This season, we are going to be doing Hey Arnold characters. It's the 25th anniversary of Hey Arnold. I am so excited. This is one of my favorite shows. When I actually envisioned this show... Uh, this is one thing I wanted to do for a while, and uh, I finally get to do it because it makes sense to do it this time. So we're going to be going over the uh, best Hey Arnold characters this season. Um, but of course, I can't do this alone. There's multiple opinions out there, um, even though this is one of my favorite shows. There's multiple opinions out there. So I had to recruit two really great experts in the field, two great Nickelodeon fans, and I think you're going to be really uh, impressed with what they bring to the table this season here. My first expert, my first panelist is Daniel Bailey. He's a New York-based producer working in theatrical and digital film promotion. His career includes seven years of work at Nickelodeon, including producer work on TV digital promotion for Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie, Dan, welcome to Pointless 64. How are you? Well, hello. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. so great to hear. What an amazing introduction and getting to hear my accolades shown to me. But uh, that's it's fantastic to be here. I'm a big fan. I listened to your, uh, your Christmas uh, po- uh, podcast when you guys broke that down. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I was a fan of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and I was a little disappointed. But you know what? We're gonna now. Hey, Arnold! I think maybe now we'll have a winner that I, I agree with. So I think I think we got this. Uh, well, first of all, get used to the accolades. You're gonna be hearing it five more times. There's six episodes, <laughs> so you have to, uh, you know, be comfortable <laughs> hearing the praise you got. And you wouldn't be on this show if uh, if I had it. And I'm excited too. And uh, this is this is gonna be great. But we do have one more panelist. His name is Andrew Luis Flores. He's a senior writer, producer, and social media content creative lead for Nickelodeon. Emmy-nominated writer and seven-time Pro Max Gold winner, he is affiliated Twitch streamer and performer facilitator with Freestyle Love Supreme Academy. Uh, we're going to be calling him Flores for the remainder of the program, except during this intro. Flores, welcome to the show. How are you doing this evening? I am so proud of you. You said everything that I asked you to say, and you said it right, and it's a <laughs> wonderful thing, and I apologize for that. Uh, no, nice to, nice to hear your voice. Nice to see you. Uh, thank you for having me. Very excited to see Dan because me and Dan worked on Jungle Movie together, which is like a nice like coming of age moment for both of us because it's been a minute. But uh, yeah, yeah really excited. It's been it's been like it's nuts. It's so crazy to see like for almost it's almost a full circle moment. Yeah. But uh, it's really exciting to talk because we used to talk about Hey Arnold a lot just in general at work because we also did a lot of nostalgia work uh, at Nickelodeon together. Uh, so to to do this is going to be very I'm very excited to say the least. Yeah, I mean it's, it's good to say too that we we worked on uh we worked I worked at Nickelodeon for seven years uh 2012 to 2019 uh I think it's been that seven years yeah I was like how many years is that oh yeah good yeah, math yeah. good math so, exactly so uh yeah so I was there and then uh I mean Flores is still there still doing mm-hmm. amazing work. And uh, we have so many amazing stories about that company. We met so many good people. So honestly, we we don't have many bad things to say. It's like we really got to like come out of nowhere, uh, come out of college and create like this amazing career. Uh, you know, I, I feel really blessed that I get to uh, meet so many amazing people, especially Andrew Flores here. And like, and like 
a like-minded friend who loved this show. And the idea that we got to work with this show and meet some of the creators and get to like hear some stories, uh, I hope I can share that at some point throughout this, uh, this series. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Um, the fact that you two both worked on the Jungle movie, because I, we can maybe talk about our experiences with uh, Hey Arnold, the show, maybe even now. I'll share it. This is um, – we've talked about this is probably my favorite – it's definitely my favorite Nicktoon for sure. It's probably my favorite Nickelodeon show, absolutely. And I remember the – when Hey Arnold got canceled after season five, and I did all this research going, what happened? Why did it get canceled? And I came across the planned Jungle movie. You know, and I said, if it ever comes back, they'll do it. And I said, they'll never do this. Him yeah. and, them and Craig Bartlett, he kind of left. It didn't end perfectly and this and that. And then when I heard this, um, I texted our liaison that got us together, actually. And I said, I can't believe this is happening. This is the dream I've wanted. And you two knew about it well before anybody else. You two must have been losing your minds when when you guys got back together with Craig Bartlett to make this make this movie that I've wanted for 20 years. Oh yeah. I mean, like for me, I remember getting assigned to it and just being like, holy, I don't know if we could curse, but holy cow. Yeah. Like, we'll try to be wow. nice. You know? It will be nice for the internet. But uh, yeah, I was just like so excited, so much hype, so much like amped up energy. And then like being able to witness it. I remember like, I don't know. I don't know if it was just me, but I remember watching it and like genuinely like watching it through for the first time and like oh, getting tears like at oh, the end, God. like just getting me like, wow, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is it. This is the moment yeah. that like every kid wanted and never got to get. And now we're getting. And wow, like it was just such a thrill. It was a bit of a, it was a it was a good like a high point for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I remember. uh we had heard about it like a year before and it was, you know, it takes a long time because you get to see storyboards and things. So, you know, for those who don't know uh, the production side of things, you know, you'll get these storyboards and they're usually like, uh, they don't have any color on them. They're just like stills and they show the breakdown of the story. Uh, you know, they do it with live action films, but uh, with animation, it really does come cl like clearer because you know, these characters, you know what they look like. So seeing the drawings laid out, knowing like the story beforehand you know, we had to wait like six months or something like that just oh. to see the animation. So, but we knew what was coming. We knew, you know, we, we were just like, you know, we were just gearing up. We were like, oh man, I want to see if it's going to move us emotionally. Getting the Jim Lang original score back in there yep. was huge. The original voices came back. Yep. It was, uh, it was a crazy thing. I also remember too, on a personal note, uh, when it came out, I think it was, uh, it was Thanksgiving 2017, which was Thanksgiving weekend that year. Yeah. Uh, my sister got married, and my all, it was like a family reunion. My whole family came to town, and I remember there was this one night, like, everyone was stressed out, too, because it's a wedding, you know, and, like, it's a family <laughs> reunion, so everyone's coming in and, like, from different parts of the country, and we're all freaking out, you know, it's like, uh, nerves are uh, rattling, and I remember it was like a Thursday night, uh, or it was, it was a Friday, it was Black Friday, and I remember just, we all sat down and I said, guys, I have Hey Arnold Jungle movie. Why don't we just sit down and just watch this? Um, you know, it's coming. I was like, it's coming out this weekend. I have it on my computer. Let's just let's just sit down and watch Hey Arnold Jungle movie. And I remember just like that just sticks out in my head now. It's just, it's synonymous with Thanksgiving. It's synonymous with that wedding, uh, and just that comfort. It's a comfort food uh, series and episode. You know, yeah, it's definitely it's it means a lot to me for sure. I love that so much. We're like, everyone relax. This wedding's going to happen. Let's watch Jungle Movie. Yeah, let's just, let's just throw it that's on. How we that's how we calm the nerves. It's, 
such a special show, and even the movie really encapsulated because you. It, I'm, I, I'll spoil what I can, but like the first part is Arnold daydreaming or having a dream again, which is a huge theme that goes on uh, throughout the entire series. They hit upon that every every point was hit upon basically perfectly in that. And um, I, I, one quick question: I don't know if any of you know, was it a little easier because it was already written? like 15 years ago, obviously they had to update it and change things around, but was it easier with basic plot points put out there with how the ending was and what they were doing? Like, was that easier to bring because there was an original script that was done, you know? I mean, not, I wouldn't say it makes it easier only because, you know, the goal of at least promoting and marketing something is you want to catch the super fan, but you also want to catch the casual fan and you can't always tell if the casual fan is aware of that super fan information. Okay. So you want to make sure you're feeding all the all the different people who could potentially want to watch something. So I don't know. I wouldn't say it necessarily makes it easier. I think what it does do, though, it allows us to create pieces of content that are really from the heart and hit home. And you want to hit that super fan and acknowledge them. So we okay. had space to do that as well as reach out to the general audience who may not have watched every episode of Hey Arnold, but is still curious about it. Yeah, I, I will say, say too, yeah. Oh, oh, I was just going to say that uh, <laughs> I was going to say that uh, we had three different trailers that went out around the exact same time. And I remember okay. one, one of them was targeted to the new fans, basically reintroducing Arnold. And we had to say, like, okay. this this is Arnold. And like it was like a voiceover. And it was very, mm -hmm. like, it felt more like a Nickelodeon promo, kind of standard, kind of uh, for any kid that maybe just liked the animation, saw this, and was like, oh, this looks interesting. Uh, and then there was another trailer that was created by, I think, the YouTube team. And it was specifically for Comic-Con. And it was specifically for people like us, like the nostalgia fans that, that <laughs> yeah. That I was, saw that, that on was, YouTube when they when Craig Bartlett's premiering. I want to see, and I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> exactly. It was immediately put out, and I remember just like everyone just like immediately latch onto that one as well. And then there was a third one, and that one I don't know if it like hit air. I remember that was like a honestly that one I loved. There was like this third one I don't think saw the light of day, but we just like had such a good time with it. Uh, it really like it, it it was going for that like uh, adult fan base. But um, it was, it was a little more. Oh, it was it was something. Honestly, it's been it's been four years. I, okay. But I remember, I remember it was like this third one that I we never got to put out. But like oh. it, it was definitely it was definitely more like of an Indiana Jones feeling of a little yeah. more like okay. action. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's action in the movie for sure. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of like that kind of it was hitting upon the adventure and kind of like hitting nostalgia, but also like trying to make it just feel like this like this epic experience the, the idea that like he maybe he'll find his parents you know yeah, uh it, and, that. well i would say i think they achieved it beautifully because like here's a funny thing and he's not on it and we'll get into the bracket a little bit stoop kid is only in one episode he's really only prominent for one thing but meme culture loves stoop kid you know oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. pigeon man is another one there and there was theor fan theories about him it was an allegory for his suicide and then really yeah. it wasn't and then craig you know um and then meanwhile uh it, they did all these you know deep cuts i don't know like to me you know dino spamodi and coach wittenberg and this and this and this and then all the border you know like they really did hit a lot of things especially getting it so achieved in that but uh 
I've gushed enough about the Jungle movie. I love the Jungle movie. The more I've watched it, the more I go, okay, this really does capture everything together. Um, so let's get into a few things. Um, I am an enormous fan. People that know me, I'm an enormous fan. So this is like a huge treat for me. I've watched the show. I own everything. I own the Funko Pops. I own yeah. uh, the movie, the DVD, the series. I, I, I love it. Um, so what do I have here? So I thought we could talk about favorite episodes. So why don't we start with Flores here? Uh, what are some of your favorite episodes uh, in Hey Arnold? I So my number one favorite episode is the field trip episode with Lockjaw. Yeah. That oh, hands down okay. is I because there's two things about it. The daydream yeah. sequence that you know we all know and love like you like you said he has his daydream sequences and like i love how they put imagination into the mundane like in that show and so like he's seeing lockjaw in the sky seeing lockjaw everywhere he goes but when they're breaking lockjaw out and the grandma pulls out her hand and she's like and then he goes grandma and she's oh these sleeves are so long i lost my mind as a child i thought that was the Funniest, like, bit. I thought you were going to say, too, there's another bit that I love, too, which is the guy who goes, come on, Jaws, find yes. me. Oh, yeah, yes. yep, yep, yep. There's just yeah. so many, like, yeah, these little tanks. Yeah, oh, my God. It's so good. So that episode was just so good to me in, is yeah. in terms of, like, and, like, Lockjaw was just such, like, a boss. Like, he was just, like, this giant sad turn. He's like, I have to free this. And, like, Grandma, you know, in the mix, just, like, we're going to do it. We're going to free this lovely beast. And... <laughs> She like she takes a grappling hook over like a six foot wall and Arnold yeah. <laughs> he walks through the door. Uh, it's such as like it's just that good Grandma Gertie energy, man. Grandma it's just like just... such a good episode. And then I guess outside of that one, uh, you know, one of my other favorites is uh Monkey Man. Like any like it's those moments oh, where yeah, Monkey Man and Pigeon Man like were two of the tops, just because I love the fact that they. There's so many icons built out because they did hyper focus moments on everyone's, you know, life, like like slice of day, slice of life, day in the life of. And like also Harold's uh, Harold's episode where they focus on his I, and I don't want to mispronounce this. I apologize to the Jewish community. Is it a bar or a bat mitzvah? It's a, a bar, bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah for. for yeah. Yeah. So you know, bat mitzvah, right. Yeah, I think so. Yes. And yeah. so that was the first time like when I was a kid that I ever got like introduced to Jewish culture. And I was very like, you know, was, I found it very interesting. Cause I was like, man, you're like giving people a piece of some of, of culture that like people might not have access to. And like, and like giving them a real learning moment with no stereotype. Right. Like, and I thought with, uh, the Rugrats episode. Uh, yeah, for sure. I feel like there's a lot of Nickelodeon oh, yeah. shows that yeah. hit upon, uh, yeah, different cultures and different things. And, and honestly, you know, it, it really did like there's some people that were, uh, like, you know, me, like, I grew up on Long Island, and, uh, you know, I was, you know, a sheltered kid in the, in the early days, and I feel like, you know, the, definitely got to, like, I, I associated a lot of, like, you know, like, when I was going through, like, uh, college and everything like that, I would reference things. I'd be like, oh, you know, I know this because of Hey Arnold. It was just so random and so funny, but that's amazing how, like, Nickelodeon and these shows kind of give you an education, and you didn't yeah. even know it, you know? It's kind of it's sure. amazing. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's I mean. crazy responsibility. It's like when I was like, I grew up in Queens, but like, you know, and obviously we have Jewish communities in Queens, but I had never, I never had interacted with anyone in the, in the Jewish community or had a Jewish friend until I was about like 14, 15. So like, Hey Arnold was my first introduction 
uh, to that community. It was just like really cool to see like uh, like that connect the dots in that way and be like, oh, I understand you a little bit, but now I want to know more about you. And I have this like starting point with this, you know, so I think that's a beautiful thing it did. Like because and it showed people of so many diverse backgrounds and like hyper focused on them and just showed them as people first, you know. Also, speaking of people, I mean, the idea that like this was a cartoon that involved a community and it had everyone of different races, like Phoebe yes. being Asian and, and uh, Gerald being, and, and Arnold being best friends. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, yeah. we don't, as a kid, you don't even notice it. You don't think no. about it. You just see all these different characters interacting and you say, Oh, this is normal. But like, it's amazing when you're an adult, you're like, you call it out as like almost like special. You're like, Oh wow, look at that. That was a really special, unique kind of show. It's like, it's special because we need more of it. It's like, yeah. it's kind of cra- crazy how that exists. Cause I mean, there's a lot of cartoons that exist that have like different, uh, you know, like SpongeBob, you have like a bunch of different creatures and like, you know, there's different shows that maybe like there's a bunch of little rabbits or maybe there's a bunch of different, like, you know, other characters. But like when you have a show with people, it can be very important to have different races and, and different, uh, you know, representation. Yeah, man. I feel like I've got a rabbit hole now. I feel like I'm, a, I'm well, like, yeah, really getting... a lot to talk about. I, I will say they handle all that with grace, whether it's the Jewish community with with Harold or whether it's Mr. Wynn and we learn about the Vietnam yes. War through different yes. perspectives, including Veterans Day with Martin Johansson. Um, and uh, I guess the only thing they may do, but they do a little tongue in cheek, is, is when we have our Independence Day with the uh, – <laughs> All the all the fake history there that they in on Vine Street, right? That's where they live. Right, right. Um, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, what a, what a, those are some good picks. Um, any others before I toss it off to Dan for to share his uh, his picks? Nah, toss it, toss it. All right, Dan. <laughs> what are your uh, favorite episodes? Honestly, well, here's the thing. I have I, I thought about this a lot because actually I've always mentioned three. Uh, and I will say that one of them I'm not going to mention because it would give away some of the picks I've made. Uh, so I, I, I won't say I will okay. reference this later and I will okay. remember it. But I okay. will say that the because um, it's a very character focused episode and I feel like you'll know that character. You'll know why they've gone. They've gone so far in. Uh, oh, I know what I, we're talking about then. So, so I, I, I just you'll see. You'll see for sure. But I will say uh, you, it might be a surprise. Okay. It might be a surprise. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't wait. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I would say okay. though, I loved um, I love the Christmas episode, like we mentioned, Mr. Oh Wynn. I watch it every Christmas. It's one of the specials I always have to watch because I would say like I always watch The Grinch, I always watch Charlie Brown, but I throw on the Hey Arnold Christmas episode. Uh, it it breaks my heart. And also, there's like I had Mr. Bailey. My last name's Bailey. I would always hear <laughs> Mr. Bailey. Uh, and just the idea that like when Helga says that uh, that final like. Her, her final plea to Mr. Bailey is at midnight. And he, she's just like, if you don't do this, then this kid is not going to believe in miracles again. And yeah. the idea that that is, you know, Helga goes out of her way, gives her boots just to make Arnold happy. And in that way, in turn, makes Mr. Wynn happy. It's all just about like the beauty. That's the beauty of the holidays and it's so funny that you know i know we're recording in uh september i don't want to give that away but you know where it's not, it's not the holiday season but just talking about this i can feel the the, the, the score chill. And the snow the <laughs> chill yeah oh, dude. 
You just, you just summarize and gave me goosebumps. I love like it's just like it's, and that's what the sh- that's what the show does though. It makes you We're think really about like core okay. values. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's it. And it was like, it wasn't a Yuletide prankster. It was my at the door as opposed to you know, <laughs> Grandpa thought. Yuletide prankster. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say though my favorite episode because I really just talked that up. I would say other than that, my favorite episode is also Parents Day. I sound like I'm a big sap because I picked the two saddest episodes. Uh, <laughs> Parents Day, that score done by Jim Lang is so beautiful. That piano and just hearing Arnold oh, uh, yeah. talk about his parents and that very that very end when he's having the dream and he gets oh, he sees that, the plane and he gets up on and he, he flies yeah. away and the music just takes you away to the credits. Um, I do have a story. I have a story actually about that score and that song. I might save it though. Should I save it? Should I? Should we keep well, it? Well, why not now? We're talking about episodes. Why not now? And then if you want to tag uh, attribute it, go ahead. You know, I, I want to. Uh, you know, but I, I just remember uh, because I love that episode so much. We got the opportunity to work with Craig Bartlett, and uh, I got to. I had one opportunity, one night where I felt like Eminem. One shot, one opportunity. <laughs> uh, and I, Tom's I, a sweaty. Mom's yeah. spaghetti. I was, I was throwing up that spaghetti as I got on the phone with uh, Craig Bartlett, and I had to do a VO record. I had to get him to do some voiceover for some spots, yep. and it was uh, so I had to do some direction. I wanted to keep it professional, but the very end, I said, "Hey, I just want to say thank you so much for this record, Mr. Bartlett. The show means a lot to me. I call him Mr. Bartlett, and I was like, just want to, I just want to ask you a question though, as a fan. Um, one of my favorite episodes is Parents' Day, and that that Jim Lang's score means a lot to me in that episode." Just is there any like tidbits or any like fun facts or anything you can tell me about that episode that maybe no one else knows? Because I really just you know just and, and someone a creator could hear that and go ah oh, you know what man like I'm tired I just want to go to right yeah. it's, it's it's the end of the day you know that kind of thing because uh, we were recording it was eight o'clock New York time it was five o'clock yeah. his time who knows what he was gonna do that night some random Tuesday or something and he just stopped and he just was so gracious he was like oh. I would love to tell you about that episode. Oh my and, goodness! And it was amazing. We were on the and, phone and, for like thirty minutes after that. That's <laughs> like he, he told us a story about how Jim Lang, the the composer, uh, he had read the script and he had heard that idea from Craig, and he decided to go to every single music shop in LA, and he tried every single piano, and he had that score in mind, and he just played on every single piano until he found the right one. Wow. And then he found, he found the piano that he wanted, and they recorded it on that piano. And just the idea that he meant he cared that much, he went around and he played it for Craig, and immediately was like, "That's it. That's that's just that's the song." Wow. Just that the easy kind of collaboration that would come out of it, but also the the passion that it takes to go around L.A. to find the, the right, right tone. Yeah, right tone. beautiful. That just sums it up right there. I mean, uh, I just remember. Yeah, there's some great stories. Uh, that we will share as we go along. For Absolutely. Sure. Well, you broke into that and I'll share some of mine. I have three and I don't know if it gives something away, but we can break into it at a certain point. Uh, the third uh, parents day is in my top three for sure. Uh, yeah. That episode legitimate makes me cry. In uh, the part where Arnold realizes his parents were basically his grandparents and like raising him and going through things and riding on grandma on her back, pretending she's a horse and he's scared. And grandpa tells us fake story about <laughs> to get him to go to bed. And that, that, I don't know why that just, it, it was so special to me to see that. Um, the other two are this. So my second favorite episode is Helga on the couch. 
I think that's a fantastic episode. It needs um, to be mentioned for sure. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised that uh, Flores and I both didn't have Missed it. That one, time. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it truly is like a, a super special episode. That, that the idea that a cartoon. I mean, I hate to say cartoon; it makes it sound like I'm like uh, kicking it down a notch. But it, it truly, <laughs> but saying like a cartoon show, an animated show, takes a time to have a kid go to therapy for a 30 minute, like it was two carts. It was a 30 minute yeah. episode. So, so yeah, I'm definitely glad that you brought that one up. Yeah. That, that's a really special episode because I think what's great about the show is that they really took the trope of bullies and made them more three dimensional characters. Both Harold was one and Helga's mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, they're just not mean to be mean. There's a lot of reasons why Helga lashes out at the kids and Harold is, dealing with his own thing and then becomes like he references at the end of the jungle movie. I used to be a one dimensional bully. And now, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> uh, and then the third one, speaking of these two characters, when you pair them up and do buses, bikes, and subways, that's the funniest thing. <laughs> that <is> and, pretty... <laughs> and Helga's soliloquy at the end where she just reams Harold for being a dope, the entire episode. That's when the one they go to WrestleMania, right? Is that oh the yeah. They go to WrestleMania. At yeah, the end yeah. And they get left at the chocolate yeah. factory. That, that is the funniest thing. Cause chocolate boys in it. Mr. Simmons forgets it on a bus. They're on home. They're going from clowns. They, he pulls up a boat from, I mean, they do everything in that episode. It's so funny. I love that episode. Um, all right, so let me see here. What else? I did favorite characters. Okay. Oh, no, we did favorite episodes. Let's take a look at the bracket, bracket before we get into our characters, and then we'll actually do it because we had a lot to talk about. So noticing the bracket itself, when I sent this blank bracket to you guys, oh, this is um, anybody can chime in. <laughs> what did you notice about it, and uh, what would you like to share about it before we get in there? I think for me, I was just like, damn. I don't remember some of these names. I gotta do. <laughs> I gotta do a little bit of googling to make sure I'm thinking of the right character. Yeah. But uh, I think the level of detail in this is intense and amazing. You know, Thanks. just like we're really gonna go over everybody on this bracket and how's like even again people that you may not have thought of and had that one line, but that one line was so solid. <laughs> so you have to consider them. <laughs> what about you, yeah, Dan? I, I would say too. I mean, like I, I was like. This is a work of art. I <laughs> I love brackets. I, I tend to do a lot of uh, little, like, this or that on Instagram. It's, like, the only way I engage on Instagram. I just think it's so much oh, fun yeah. to talk about movies and things. But, like, seeing this was, like, you know, of course, it was, like, my dream. So I'm looking at this, and I, I to Flores' point, I was, like, who the hell is Shelly? And I, I stopped for a second. I was, like, who? And, like, so, I mean, all right. I'm going to tell you this right now. I, I, yeah. Spoiler alert. I didn't pick Shelly. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna let you know that she didn't, win this. Yeah. she didn't win this for me, but I found out that I was like, oh, she's a nurse. I love that character. She's the one with the the glasses, and she makes everyone feel better. The way the way, you know when yeah. Rhonda needed to get glasses. So um, we'll talk about more of that later. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, and, and she's also apparently Sheena's aunt. Didn't know yeah. that. She just got uh, aunts and uncles everywhere. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that I was just like, oh wow. So yeah, this is uh, I definitely think this is gonna have people remember fondly. A certain episodes and certain moments that each character popped up in. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for that. And I pride myself in every podcast, but doing uh, the brackets mathematically. And uh, I don't just do random matchups. Okay. So these were seated by uh, order of appearances. Okay. So as many times as you appear. Now I'm going to show you something here because not a lot of people see this, but uh, this is what I do to break some stuff down. So we have names and this and that. And here it is in order of appearances. Um, yeah, largest to smallest. And this is this is how it is. And then 
what the relation to, and then if they were tied, it went with their relation to Arnold. And this bracket was broken up into four parts, girls, boys, men, and women. I, um, I don't know why you don't work for the FBI. Like, I'm looking at this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, you're, our a data, you're a data analyst ready. Our, our a little bit, yes. It, it's it's color-coded. It's yeah. broken up. It's perfect. It's uh, He yeah, has I, their I, socials. He has I, their passport <laughs> numbers. I feel like if I love where they were from. family member gets murdered, I'm going to, like, call you and just be like, yeah. can you just – pinpoint everyone in my life and let's find it. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's, it's literally that's what the only people that see that the people that do the show that's literally just for me so i do a lot of work just for me to keep it organized but it, it is ordered by um just number of appearances and uh luckily if you're in a girl boy uh female male it's top 16 in each one and of course um if you had if there was a tie it was your closest to arnold so like if you were a student or friend of Arnold, you were closer than, you know, somebody's uncle or something like that or party right. green. Um, now, with that said, there are different brackets. Now, the things that I noticed and um, happens and it always happens here. I think the men bracket is the most stacked bracket. I will say that. I think looking at it where um, Jerry Berman's like a number 10, Jolly Ollie Man's a number 11, Monkey Man is a 13. This bracket, I feel like, will be the toughest one to go through, in my opinion. That's just one thing I notice. Um, and I'll bring this up. Any snubs? When you saw this bracket, were you sad about any snubs? Because I have two notable snubs that I was bummed that barely missed it because of where they were located. Any snubs that you were like, when you looked at this, you were like, oh, man. Because I'll share two if you don't have any. <laughs> I'm, curi I'm curious to know your snubs. <laughs> okay. Dan, well, what I would think? say I would say it is. Dino Spumoni. Dino uh, Spumoni was one of them. I am upset. Oh, wait a minute. What about – and maybe I'm crazy. The um, the baseball player. Um, Vicky Kaline. Oh, Vicky Kaline. Yeah. yeah. He only had like – like a look at it. I think he only had like two appearances. That's why he's so low. Um, crazy. You know. Um, but, yeah, Dino Spumoni was one. The other one was Coach Wittenberg. I would have loved to see. Oh, yes. Wittenberg. Um, he's only had two appearances. That's why Mickey Kaline wasn't on there. Wow. Jim Belushi. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, Spumoni, I was basically thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, he would have gone far. Because, I mean, we have Earl. Oh, he's, a six, he's a 16th seed. Uh, was that, was that Sheena's? Sheena's Uncle Earl, yeah. Yes. And he's great because he has a lot of great moments, especially that episode with the, uh, the, the counterfeit pennies. Uh, right. The uh, <laughs> Ed episode. But uh, it's funny with... with I, I think Dino, especially with his music, uh, because uh, this show is so music focused, uh, I think that would have pushed him pretty far. However, yeah. I will say this, considering that he's on this, I would say he wouldn't have been a winner for me. No. Uh, anyway, so I will say it's it worked out, but uh, but it would have been it would have been interesting for sure. Yeah, that, uh, so that, that I, shout I feel yeah. like that's why the male bracket is the toughest one, or the grown up you know men bracket stuff, because it's like. The reason to get in, I think both Dino and Coach Wittenberg appeared five times. And the problem was, is because Earl is closer to Arnold than both Dino and Coach Wittenberg. That's mm -hmm. why, because it's Sheena's uncle Earl. And there was like a family member bias in there. That's the only reason he got what in. What a technicality. I know. Oh, <laughs> There's a lot of technicalities. People get mad at me about certain brackets and I go, well, the math did it. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. just clean the math. Honestly, I will yeah, say you got the you got fun. the spreadsheet to prove it. The yeah, math. The math. We're here to it. have a good time, so I'm not gonna harp on you for Dino Spumoni stuff. Let's just let's just everyone go home after this and listen to uh, "Darling, You Broke My Heart." <laughs> yeah. Pieces on the floor. I'm not gonna do that. I'm sorry. Uh, I just had a moment. Tell me why uh, can I break some things of yours, and then he just breaks a bunch of stuff. It's great. All right. So the final question before we get into it, we've talked a lot, but this is this is the first episode. This is how it goes. Uh, you don't have to give this away because um, I know it's different than best. But do you have any favorite characters, or do you see anybody like going far? Like what what analysis do you have, Dan? We'll start with you because we started with Flores last time. What do you have? Um, what are you thinking? You don't have don't give it away. But what are you right. like, man? I like this person. This is a dangerous seed here. What do you think? Okay, so I. I think that in many ways I was objective. I think in many ways I was picking with best instead yes. of favorite. Yes. Because uh, there is a difference. I mean, honestly, because yes. if we say, like, favorite movie, uh, my favorite movie is Back to the Future. And if we said, what's your best movie that ever <laughs> right. existed, you could, it's debatable. You could say, like, what's touched many other people and the way, like, you know, or what was uh, groundbreaking or universally uh, beloved. So, I mean, which – could be Back to the Future, but also, you know. But so <laughs> we're, if we're looking at this, I was being very objective. But again, I hate to tease the audience, but there is one character I love that I just I, I, I let them get a hold of my heart and I just went for it and I can't wait to debate you. So okay. uh, we will we will have that moment. Uh, there, there's somebody who I, I really have going far. Uh, that's that's a favorite of mine. Um, Flores, what can you reveal a little bit? Uh, a little bit of a reveal. I think to Dan's point of like best versus favorite, it's all about yeah. for me when I was going through this, I really thought about impact. Uh, okay, not cool. necessarily because like, you know, yeah, you, and I like impact. that you did it. I like yeah. that you did episodes, right? Like because I didn't even think about like how many episodes they were in. It's just because, you know, you do see people in different levels in different episodes and everyone has like a spotlight moment to some to some extent. But like even there's some people who never had a spotlight that had impact when they were around, right? And so it's just like, how many people had an impact on Arnold and his friend group in their adventures? Right. Uh, and, and I think that's like how I try to score it. And also like, it's, and it's hard, cause like, you know, and in my bias, you know, I really focused it around Arnold and his adventures. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, obviously people closer to Arnold are leaning forward in the, in the charge, but I think there's still some surprises because, you know, while someone might've been around more frequently, some people were around less and had bigger impacts. That is so, true. So, like that that's true. where I think the juggling happens. And 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 for the sake of time, let's uh let's get into it. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's do I will I will reveal one thing. I'll reveal two things. One, uh, I'll unabashedly say Helga Pataki is my favorite character on the show. Always been my favorite character. I love Helga Pataki. Um, that voice actress is phenomenal at what she does, and that character is really interesting. I think she's very funny. And two, I will say this, I think Arnold, this is a controversial statement, is one of the worst one seeds on here for sure. That's I'm gonna say that on here because he's Arnold. That's a that's <laughs> a bold statement for hey Arnold. Statement. That's a bold um, statement for a bold kid. For a <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Take that as your tagline. Uh, all right, well, we need to debate Arnold for sure. Get into the bracket, let's let's do it. And uh, I won't say as always, but I'll say it in future episodes. We will start in the girls section of the bracket. It's broken up between adults and kids. So we'll start with girls. And the first one is my unabashedly favorite character against Simone. 
here. Is there even much to discuss here? Um, I'm automatically picking. <laughs> well, clearly you're picking Simone. I mean, Simone I mean, is so Simone's a ge- she's a gold medalist, dude. How could you not pick Simone? No, let me stop. <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Simone has good moments, but again, the the impact of Helga is just so strong throughout the whole series, and not just across, not just to Arnold, but to multiple people across multiple episodes. Dan, do we have any disagreement? I mean, this I feel like it's an easy layup for Helga. Uh, I would say though, Charisma uh, Carpenter. Charisma Carpenter, Charisma Carpenter. She was Cordelia Chase on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is my favorite live action show. Uh, she was the voice of this, actually. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I'm still not going to say Simone as, as the choice, but I just thought that was a really good fun fact. Uh, there's some good choices uh, in terms of, oh, sorry, there's some good voice actors uh, popping yes. up in the show. Uh, and she's fantastic. So for all the Buffy fans, uh, sorry to say Simone's not going to make it, but uh, yeah. Helga, Helga, we'll just talk about her uh, every round. Uh, she's just, she's got the best episode. She's got the most depth. She's just, uh, she's a crazy character. I mean, I, I know some people, if you don't watch the show and you hear her voice, you might be like, oh, what the heck? Why is she so angry? Uh, <laughs> but when you, when you are, when you get to know, you know, she's, she, passionate. she's passionate and she's fantastic. She's like, the, she is, yeah, she's fantastic. She deserves that one seat. I think so easily. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, that was an easy one, but I think this next one's going to be harder. Uh, this is obviously the closest matchup, and we had an eight versus a nine seed. We've got Timberly Johansson's Gerald's younger sister versus Big Patty Smith. Big Patty here. These are very these are very fun characters. I love this matchup a lot. Flores, what do you? Let's take it away here and let's get into it because I think this is a tough one. Yeah, honestly, for me, I'm leaning Big Patty. Uh, you okay. know, the main the main reason is because like how we were talking about earlier when it comes to bullies and, uh, you know, revealing that there's more to a bully than just their aggression and why uh, Big Patty was like that first introduction to that for the show. Uh, so for me, it was always she's always memorable and she's always someone you could spot in the crowd, not because of her size, but because of the impact she had on the other characters and like in that <laughs> moment and how, you know, she she really was that introduction to, for kids to understand like, yo, there's sometimes things you you're not seeing that are affecting people and mm-hmm. you have to, you know, walk with that in mind, like to have the empathy to engage with that. And honestly, not for nothing, but for me, Timberly was such a little brat. She is uh, a brat. <laughs> I, yeah, so you, you, t- you took the words right out of my mouth. I was getting that moment. I was going to say, honestly, this was not a choice of Big Patty is better. This was a choice of I really hated Timberly as a child. Oh, wow. <laughs> I really, she annoyed, she always just brought, uh, dragged Gerald down every episode that she got. Uh, I think she really, I mean, I get what they're going for because I know that like from a big brother standpoint or any older sibling, you get so annoyed by your younger sibling. So it's a perfect, uh, you yeah. know, encapsulation of that uh dynamic i get it uh from a storytelling standpoint ex- perfectly executed having said that good lord we can't let her win guys <laughs> nope <laughs> I, yeah I, I like what they did with big patty uh making her more of a three-dimensional character she's not at like every bully on that show she had a reason you almost were like yeah beat the crap out of that girl like she <laughs> like <sometimes. laughs> 
Patty. Patty. Finisher. Like, yeah, I know. Just, uh, <laughs> she's battling Harold. I, I also went with Big Patty here. I, I love that. Up, I like her as a character. I like that she threatened Rhonda for her valedictorian, that school of snooty kids or whatever. Uh, the thing is, when Timberlake comes in, yeah, it's more of an interesting story, but maybe less like the character. Big Patty, it's like an empathized character. It's really grown, and uh, uh, I like her. Her first introduction, yeah, she just beats the crap out of uh, Helga, where Helga's <laughs> trying to, like do one over on Lila and it keeps falling on Big Patty. And then yeah, I was like, who it? Here we go. <laughs> Big Patty moves on. Austin, um, have you, I, I have a question though, before we keep continue, have we ever had a situation or have you ever had a situation where you've gone down one to 16 in yeah. these matchups and everyone agreed? Huh, that's a good question. I'd have I'm to think about that. We may have, it, it depends on the rounds. We may have, I know we've had certain situations where it's happened. We may have, but, uh, I'll have to let that up to the uh, pointless 64 uh, historians for that. <laughs> Leave it to the historians in the archive. <laughs> We're already here. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind as we go. Uh, I want to see if there's a moment when we finally. Oh, there'll be. Oh, I already <laughs> feel it. I've, just from the initial conversation and looking at my bracket, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait <laughs> to, yeah, to okay, debate okay. this point. Well, the next one. Um, is interesting. So we've got a number five seed, Ruth P. McDougal versus uh, the number 12 seed, Connie, who is kind of Maria's best friend here, the sixth grader. Um, who, um, Dan, who do you like in this matchup here? We've got Ruth, an enormous love interest for Arnold, uh, uh, basically until Lila comes along and he loses that date on Valentine's Day. And then you've got Connie, who has a very spunky you know, that got the accent going on. Who do you like in this matchup? Well, I, I really, I mean, I love the uh, appearances of Connie. Uh, I love those characters. Uh, there's a lot of quotes you could do. He's like, come over here. And just, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, uh, that's really those funny. characters, they were big, for the, for, especially for Arnold's and Gerald's when they were, uh, you know, uh, going from, from boys to men, uh, going on their first dates. And like, and you know, but <laughs> right. Ruth McDougal, I will say for me, gets this. And that is because she is essentially, if you're a Charlie Brown fan, she is the little redhead girl. She is the, uh, he, he put her on the pedestal. You know, Arnold saw her from afar. She was the older woman with the braces, shining brightly. And he, for, for the entire first season, really was just like the epitome of, and she had that uh, football cut head kind of. So, uh, you know, bit, yeah. Arnold definitely, you know, like we, we put ourselves in Arnold's shoes, thinking of that older, uh, unattainable person that that's just so lovely. And I love that the show turns it on its head when you finally get to know her as a character and see that she's just some vapid 11-year-old who she is... Uh, gum. So... Yeah. So, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, she's gum. Uh, so, so <laughs> that, I, I would say for this one, I'm going to go Ruth, just for the, uh, for, for the importance that she had to the story and to Arnold. Uh, that that's my little plea. Flores, who do you got? Hi, Roof. Hi, Roof. Oh, yeah. Hi, Roof. <laughs> Hi, Roof. Uh, yeah, dude. Connie, well, Connie's like, a, I think I love that, like, Connie and her group of friends are just, like, a fun bunch. Like, they're that fun trio at the party and, like, yeah. had their moment. But, like, you know, Ruth P. McDougal, man. I mean, again, we all, like, 
I remember growing up having a, my roof P McDougal and just like, you know, just that, that unobtainable like thing or person rather that you wanted that relationship with when you had no idea how relationships work as a kid, which is such a funny thing to see reflected in the show. Cause like there's still like an <laughs> elementary school and he's crushing so hard on her. And it's just like, God, I remember being 10 and having the, a giant crush on a, on a girl, you know, like, so it's just like, so funny, like to see that energy, like encapsulated and also like Gerald dealing with him with doing all this craziness and like being also being, having that experience of being that friend dealing with your best friend, like drooling over someone that they, they cannot get with. And then uh, it's, you know, and to Dan's point of just then like that big reveal of like, she's just another person, you know? And like, there's like, there's something, there's a, a lesson there. And I think that's something that the show really did a, a really amazing job with health about relationships of just like people are people, right? Regardless of where the relationship starts, uh, you know, people are people. And so, you know, Ruth was that impact for Arnold in terms of like that chase, that hunt, then at the end of the finish line being like, Oh, here, here we are. <laughs> she likes come. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was all, it was all, yeah, it was all about the hunt. It wasn't yeah. about, uh, you know, we find out who she really is. You know, it goes to show, like, you know, maybe maybe the person that you really need is uh, has been in front of you the whole time. Maybe it's uh, maybe there's a Helga Pataki out there for everyone. Yeah, maybe she's Helga pretending to be uh, a pen pal overseas, Cecile, and then for some reason Arnold can't <laughs> recognize that because I don't know why. Yep. So to answer your earlier question just last round here, this is where we differ. And I'm going <laughs> Ruth is boring, man. I was watching Ruth, and I watched this series. I watched the whole thing through to get ready for this. Ruth is exactly like we knew watching this whole thing. It's like, why do you like Ruth? And there's really nothing that Arnold can latch onto. And she doesn't really say all that much. The only Ruth accolades I have are she's in the intro for some reason. Yeah. Then she gets replaced by Lila, who's way more interesting than Ruth true. and way more fun. Very true. Um, and then, yeah, then she just becomes somebody who likes gum. And then when Connie's on, Connie's barely there, but she's just funny. So I'm like, I'm more drawn to that. I feel like Ruth is a more plot device than a character. Yeah. And that's why I picked Connie. Um, I but I understand yeah, yeah, exactly. scene. I know that wasn't the safest pick, but I, I had to go with my gut. I just can't. I, I, I like would rather see an episode surrounded around Connie than around Ruth. Honestly, if, if they Very had, true. You know, so I think that's I, the beautiful thing that to your point, though, is that like really Ruth doesn't do anything. And that's like the, that fun. Like, yeah, so as the story advice, that's like this beautiful like foreshadow of like, huh, you're always curious about why Arnold likes her. And like Arnold doesn't know why he likes her because right. he doesn't do anything ever, which is but, but I will, the funniest I will give thing. Shout out to when they did Carmen. And it's that, that was Ruth. Is I love that episode, ah, dude. Oh, God, I forgot about that's it. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> I love Harold as the uh, the clown uh, in, that, in that episode. <laughs> Big sad ugly clown! Oh, and he runs off crying. It's just like oh, it was such a moment for Harold. Who's <laughs> got the classic braces though? The that brace teeth smile. Okay, I'll give her that. Okay, so this one, all right, we'll get into it. I lose one here. So we've got Sheena, who is also voiced by Helga. Interesting. Sheena versus. Whoa, who is it? Sheena versus Gloria here. Um, who wants to start us off? Dan, take it away. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so I picked Sheena. All right. Uh, I love Sheena. I think that she is an underrated character completely. I, for some reason, you know, it's funny when you bring up these characters and you go like, what's the, 
what's that moment that you first like if i say the name sheena from hey arnold what's the first moment the first thing you think of mole really (laughs) that's that's honestly what i think of when i think of she she's got that yeah was it the mole or the scab it was the scab it's a scab on her arm it's a flores what's what's the first thing that you think of because i because i'll tell you what mine is I will say I don't have like my memorable moment of Sheena, which is gonna obviously that's a clear tell oh. for my my choice. But oh. um, you know, it's one of those things where like Sheena was always <laughs> there, but she didn't really do much. Like in terms of like she had those one liners and stuff, but I feel like she never had strong impact in the moment. But maybe I that's just my me- my bad memory. <laughs> no, I remember her from uh, the school play. And when she was like, like they had, they went down the line of oh, yeah. Juliet, and she was in line to be Juliet, but she was squeamish, and she just thought about how like, oh, she can't, she can't do be Juliet if it's she's so squeamish. And I just saw that moment, I was like, oh, that's just so silly, it's so funny, it's just like I love that, it's just like I like, I'd rather just do costumes. Uh, so I, there you go, honey. <laughs> she's a she she was a pick for me for sure. I I couldn't even remember Gloria, uh, off of my top of my head. Uh, wow. So I had to go with Sheena. So you are going with Gloria Flores. You're not a fan of Sheena. Like, go ahead. This is a this would be an upset. Well, for you. I think I think that's the that's the beauty of Gloria is that like she was like almost like a a unicorn where she came in. It was you know she she had her one moment and she was gone. And it's just like, but still like you know for Helga that was such a big part of like her imagination and her impact and her growth in the show. So like, but I guess maybe it's just perspective right like because i like it's funny like it, that's what i love about like when you talk to other people who are fans of something is this like you don't know what part of it is going to tap into that like that feeling for people right there's some universal things but then there's those branches that spread out and like touch people in different ways and like for she like i don't even remember sheena in the play being like i'll just do the costume i don't remember that moment which is so crazy to me because clearly sheena had more lines but for, for whatever reason, for me, Gloria had the bigger impact because I guess maybe because of her attachment to Helga's growth. I don't know. I guess that's what it is. So It's like therapy, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, it, this is, why, I will say this. I, I think they're both rather uninteresting characters going at it. What do you think, Dan? You were going to say something? Yeah, no, I was going to say exactly. I, I don't think there's any wrong answer in any of these situations. But in this, in this situation, I think you made the wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> I, it's really funny. Well, I, I, know. I, I mean, I, I haven't revealed mine. but Oh, well, that's the I, I think we need Go the tiebreaker. Go ahead, Dan. No, no, no. I think we need the tiebreaker. That's where I'm at. Okay. So I broke this down. I did think about it because I was like, I really don't care for either of these characters, honestly. I don't, I don't think much or too interesting. So – this is how I broke it down. So Gloria is introduced in the episode where Arnold is doing that magician show and Helga mm-hmm. passes out, has this like fantasy land in a world without Helga. And then Gloria replaces Helga. So Gloria is like this bizarro version of Helga. Mm-hmm. And then they like the character a lot. So they used her to come back here and there. She ends up dating Stinky at one point when Helga and Stinky date for like an episode and she's there. So in my own head canon, I went – well, is she real or is she not? That's stupid. And I went with Sheena. That's, that's, <laughs> that's funny. That's oh why I gosh. did. I uh, love it. I think, yeah. So I, I it looks like I'm going to pick Sheena here. And uh, that is a good point about that, where she get the blood and guts and all that stuff. But hey, I think of the Texas scab she had. That's gross and funny. <laughs> funny. Um, were you going to say anything, Dan, before we moved on? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. How about this matchup? 
Lila Sawyer versus get over here, Maria. Um, this is going to be a fun one. Dan, what do you got? Uh, Lila can go to hell. I'm, I'm going Maria. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. I know. Here we go. So, I mean, uh, for me. Lila can go to hell. <laughs> I think Lila is just, like, the absolute worst. I think the one episode I like her in. I mean, again, I love her purpose in the show. Oh. Uh, I think she's this perfect. I think there's that one episode where Helga hates her, and then we see her and her father. They're living in kind of like the slums in the way. Right. He, and, 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 like, she, they only have one piece of food left that he ate it for lunch, so they're gonna they're gonna starve. Like her, our father ate it. And they're gonna starve. Like it's so over the top emotional and it's so funny. That's the one episode where like, and also she sells that joke of a, and, and that's what I said. Don't sell that goat. Uh, that's a that's a great joke. Uh, uh, having said that, I know, guys. Having said that, uh, I I mean just Maria, I think is just. It's the most memorable thing. It's the funny thing. Maria, come over here. I think she's uh, the way she, uh, her accent, the way she talks, the way, like, you know, uh, oh, no good boyfriends. Like, just like, I love it. I love that, like, that great attitude that she brings. Uh, and I, I think that that episode uh, is just memorable. I mean, I know it's funny because I, I, I'm picking Maria to go forward, but I didn't pick Connie. Oh. So it's just something, too, about how Maria stood out to me and not Connie. But... There you are. Is the ringleader, to be fair. Connie is more of a her sidekick, you would say. Like, if you were going to pick one, Maria is the ringleader of the sixth grade girls. Well, maybe with the exception of Ruth. Like, she she has this, like, gang of, like, awful girls that she hangs with. Right, right. It's a minor upset right there, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you stand, Yeah. Wait, Dan, you're going to say one last thing. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that's my little upset right there. I feel like I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go forward with this one. I feel like you two are clearly gonna go Lila. I, well, I, yeah, I try to keep that Regis Philbin who wants to be a millionaire face during this whole thing. I've gotten good at season I will say, dude, you, with, with Maria, I think what's so awesome about her is that she is like, for me, I love the fact that she sounded so much like Rosie Perez, right? Like <laughs> that's like. That made me love her, right? But, and it's just this, and like, you know, again, it's like, while she had those moments, I think she didn't have the same impact that Lila has. And like, for all the reasons that, you know, Dan was like, this is so much. <laughs> like, that's part of what made me love Lila so much. And the idea of like, that, you know, you don't know what people are going through behind closed doors, right? And like, you know, again, having that realization that like, oh, she might seem perfect, but not everything is perfect. And she's making the active choice to put her best foot forward every day but then at the same time that twist of events with cousin arnie and i'm just like get out of here man like yeah it's it's also it's just like what is going on but because of that you know again her impact in those moments is just like what a roller coaster of a character you know um also fun fact since we were talking about voice actors earlier with maria it's actually uh the you know it's um what's his face's girlfriend from big bang theory um oh the right. new host of the new host yeah of, yeah well, jeopardy host yeah my yeah my um my i believe her name is I, I believe that's how you uh pronounce it mm-hmm. but but yeah she uh she voices maria which is like so crazy i never realized that as a kid obviously i always just connected her i was like I, that sounds like rosie perez but um 
you know, with Lila, it's just, again, the impact of, like, seeing someone put their best foot forward. But also, man, like, that Arnie twist threw me for a loop. I was like, what is going on? The ugly, dumb cousin? Get out of here. But I, I pick Lila. Well, um, I'm, I, it's up to me again. I get in this one here. This this one was actually tougher because I do like both of these characters. I will say this. I think Maria is very funny. Um, she has her moments and stuff like that. But when they introduce Lila to the show, and I may have alluded to this before, her coming in and replacing Ruth is great. And she is a much better rival to Helga than Ruth was because she's just so awfully perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's like, okay, my favorite character is Lila, but it's funny when she's on screen because she doesn't do anything. She plays it so perfectly that you can see how, why Helga would be so irritated with this woman. Um, so I got to go with Lila. I, I like Lila. I think, she, I think it's funny. Um, I think the way she plays off the other characters is funny and it's just, Maria just hasn't been around enough for me to really go with that. And Lila's really funny because of what she is. So, yeah. Sorry. See, Dan, it, it, after two questions, we all hate each other. Right? I, yeah, I was going to say, I love how Dan called it out, and then literally the next three were all disagreements. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, honestly, after hearing your, 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 you know, hearing you guys speak about Lila and her importance, I probably would have gone Lila. Uh, I wish I had you guys when I was there. Uh, th- this was a very tough one. I, I mean, of course, I'm going to stick with Maria. I, I'm not going to switch my vote. But what you got? <laughs> exactly. I, I put it there. But I will say, uh, after hearing this, and maybe you at home, if you were a Maria fan, I'm curious if you guys uh, would switch. Because yeah, Lila, you know, she did have some great moments. I I had forgotten. Maybe I was just blinded by my hatred of uh, what she did. To <laughs> I get it though. Blinded I mean, by she's rage. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the one weird thing, she's barely in the Jungle movie. She doesn't have any role in that. Which oh, is... yeah. Yeah, very minute. Very yeah. interesting. You know what? Even Craig felt the disrespect to Arnold. <laughs> <Did he? laughs> like, you know, no, I'm just making that up. Oh, okay. Because, you know, because Arnie was such a doof. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like, I can't, I can't give, I can't. She belongs to the streets now. Because like, it's like, that was the energy <laughs> that that happened. Well, I think we have an easy one coming up. We don't have to spend too much time on this. We've got Rhonda Lloyd versus Marcy Cornbloom here. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> Rhonda. Who's Marcy Rhonda? Cornbloom? <laughs> Marcy gets beat up by Big Patty and does the soliloquy for Romeo and Juliet. That's all I have for Marcy. I don't. Interesting. Now, Rhonda Wallington Lloyd. She's our character. I mean, she's she's just she's the best stuck up, uh, you know, rich. Uh, mm-hmm. Kid in school. Uh, well, I guess until uh, Lorenzo comes in is, is, is your male version of that. But yeah, Rhonda, <laughs> Rhonda, yeah, her fashion and everything. And just also that that geek episode for sure. We'll talk about that at some point. Yeah. Uh, I won't take too much time for this one. I would just say yeah, for sure, Rhonda. Uh, I, I I I would be like, who the heck in in the world is picking Marcy? I guess you would have to hate Rhonda to pick Marcy. Listen, there was that one fan in the deep recesses of the internet who was like, they didn't pick Marcy? How could they? Flips table. Like, yeah, loses so their there's always, there's a lot of Yeah, there's always one. <laughs> well, I think we got a, a much more fun matchup after that, that one. Rhonda goes through pretty easily here. Nadine versus Campfire Last. This is going to be a fun one. This, this, this is a fun one here. Flores, what, what, what do you like? Do you like uh, Nadine? Do you like Campfire Last? Fairly close matchup. Yeah, I had Nadine, man, just because, like, I love the friendship that she has with Rhonda. 
right? Like they're the yeah. besties in the show. Like and that whole breakup scene of like losing your best friend and like over something silly and really getting over him, seeing what matters. I love that impact, uh, you know, that they had and just watching that. And so for me, it's it's Nadine mm-hmm. and the hair, bro. You can't you can't front yeah, on that haircut. And she's biracial too, yeah, which yeah. is interesting too. Uh, what do you like, Dan? Do you like Campfire Last? Do you like Nadine? <laughs> so Nadine, uh, yeah, great character design. Honestly, she, I, I she's always there. She's she's always yep. popping up. I think she's a fantastic character. I, uh, I, I, you know, it, it's funny because I feel like I just, if you put these two together and told me well, who I, who would I want to watch in an episode. Here's the thing. I'm, go- I'm going campfire last. I'm I, going- no, I was going to say, I felt it. I felt it because Camp- campfire Camp- last is good. Campfire last is so silly. That yep. voice, <laughs> it's just such a funny thing. Just and it's up. fake, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. That's admittedly it's like the yeah. it's, it's the voice of uh, Helga. I mean, it's the same voice yep. as Helga. She's, she, she does this little... Irish accents. I don't know. I just I think it's so funny with the chocolate turtles. I can't do it. <laughs> that was pretty good, I, man. I, I'm gonna go campfire last on the sake of she made me laugh versus Nadine, who is a is a better character to be honest with you. She's in the in the importance of the story and the character design. I would probably say Nadine, but for me, I, I think campfire last is memorable. I think she's great, funny. I'm doing it. Yeah. So, also, to that point, Francesca uh, Francesca Marie Smith needs her flowers wherever she is because she did Helga's voice and did so many others. Just looking at her credits awesome. throughout the series, I'm like, man, she really like did a ton of separate voices that she got credited for. Who knows how many others she just didn't get credited for in the <laughs> background? You know, like good for good on her. She's fantastic. So uh, this one, uh, this one, I sat with for a little bit. I'll be honest, and it came down to this. Nadine, I looked at this and I go, is she big because of Rhonda? And then she just likes bugs. That's all I could get out of Nadine. Yeah. And I went with Campfire last because it's just funny. It is silly. It's just a character that comes in, pretends they're Scottish, and they run this <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> like Girl Scout thing, which is borderline a cult for the kids. And it's just oh, yeah, I said Irish. It's Scottish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is Scottish. And it's fate. It's just it's just very silly. Um and it's like you don't even know her name. It's just it's Campfire Lass is the name of the organization, and they just attribute it to her. It's like a peapod kid or a chocolate boy or something. Like, it's Campfire yeah. Lass. It's a legendary thing. And uh, I just wish if they used Nadine more, maybe I would have liked her more. But they seem to only use her in association where she's lecturing Rhonda or mm-hmm. or in jungle movies. She was actually pretty prevalent. But other than that, I, I went with Campfire last year. I went with the upset. So your risky move happened here, Dan. <laughs> I, I, I'm very happy. And I think Campfire last is happy. I think she's she's on fire. <laughs> so sorry. Well, I think the next uh, one's going to be pretty simple, right? We got Phoebe Hiredal versus Katrinka here. Yeah. Uh, Katrinka's got some cool hair, but I mean, does that beat out Phoebe, Dan? I mean, we're going Phoebe, guys. Come on, we're going. We're going, Phoebe. We're going full Phoebe in this one. Phoebe, <laughs> Phoebe is a fantastic character, and I think Phoebe uh, is going to deserve a lot of love on this, uh, this this bracket. So stay tuned. The girls are done. Let's move on to the boys, shall we? Right on. That was good. 
All right. Now, this I know. Is gonna, it here, here we go. As it comes on. I mean, the first episode, whew, it's tough. But this, after this, it gets a little easier. All right. The first one. And I've said this publicly, so we'll, we'll talk about it. And maybe I'll start with this one. So Arnold, in my opinion, I've said is the bold statement here <laughs> is one of the worst number one seeds on here. The number one seeds on here are Helga, Grandpa, Grandma, and Arnold. This is a what doesn't belong. I, I hate to say it. But he's the number one scene because the show is – it's his show, and it's named after him. I think Arnold suffers a lot from almost this thing we used to call the Seinfeld syndrome when I was taking writing classes where there wasn't – like Jerry wasn't super flawed. Arnold isn't really that flawed of a character, but it's – you see the world. He's almost like a vessel into Hillwood here. Mm-hmm. And then we have Jamie O, who is super interesting, our, like Gerald's big bully brother. But I will say this. I did go with Arnold here. I just didn't think there was enough from Jamie O, but I, I really paused because Jamie O is really funny. And uh, uh, you can tell he does have a heart there. So I did go with Arnold. Um, Flores, did you go with the one seed here? Did you go with Arnold? Yeah, I, I, w- I went with Arnold. But also, like, to, to your point about Jamie O, it's also just interesting, again, like, coming – back to the show and like reviewing this stuff as an adult like with some experience in, the, in like production world and stuff like hearing that phil lamar voiced him for some of the some of the time he was on the show is like also like sick i'm like phil lamar did did this samurai character jack like, himself yeah yeah samurai jack green lantern did <laughs> jamie o like what um but you know i did go with arnold because as much as like i do i totally see your points about like he's the tool but also like i felt like i learned with him so it's yeah. like it's hard for me as like a viewer and a fan to not forget. And also just like again, like, you know, some of the stuff he dealt with, like he wasn't he was he was a bold kid. He like, you know, <laughs> dealt with like everyone's problems and had the empathy to try to help everyone regardless of how much he knew about the situation. Uh so Arnold Arnold all day. Uh, I, I I think you guys are crazy. I I think we're not giving Arnold enough credit. What is going on? There? I'm the one who's doing. It. You can come at me. I, I yeah, have been, I, I love I, Arnold. I have, Arnold. Yes, Arnold is our vessel, but he's not like a Bella Swan where we're supposed to put our project ourselves onto her and 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 be like oh, she's the most boring nothing character where we have to you know Arnold. For honestly, it's kind of funny because he he goes through different phases. It's almost like they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, maybe they did, but it's just like... What kid knows what they're doing, Dan? I think they knew, and that's, that's like the beauty of it. When you start you start off the series, and he is a little more like... he Even that episode with, you know, the first episode where he's like, he shows that he's crazy, and he does like, you know, he's a bald kid. You know, you see right. him, and he... Daydreamer, and he, yeah. yeah. Exactly, a daydreamer. He's uh, So he's got this crazy mind. He... He's a great friend, and he's just like – but there's, like, moments, though, where he, he will go crazy, and he will be act out in order to get something done. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Jolly Olly Man, when it was that Heat episode. Oh, my God. I was fun. just thinking that, Dan. Uh, he's just like, episode's he, the one I'm thinking finally, of. Arnold. He's like, let me tell you, Mr. Jolly Olly Man. And it breaks <laughs> down. And, but then it kind of gets into a point where when we get to season two, season three, it kind of gets into more of, like, every other character gets their episodes – and they get more interesting, and he stays the same. So it's kind of like he kind of falls behind in that way. But then we get into the very last season, and the way they develop this character is almost like when that last voice actor came in, I kind of noticed too. It's like when the animation kind of changed. And and think about that episode when Lila 
uh, starts dating Arnie, like we were saying. And the way – there's an episode where Arnold uh, – or there's a moment when uh, uh, Stinky goes, Hal, look at her glow. And he goes, Stinky, shut up. Yeah. That? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. That's a definitive moment. It was like season one. Arnold would never say "shut up," and he yeah, would never. Yeah. He'd never he never break. So, like by the end, Arnold's a different character because he's he's completely breaking, uh, and he becomes a little more flawed. And like a lot of bad things, he does bad things. Like he makes mistakes. Yeah, uh, like manipulated like Lila well, with uh, uh, what's her name? Um, uh. Timberly using Timberly to get the Lila and stuff yeah. like that. Okay, okay. I, I sure. will say too, like Dan, to your point, I don't know if it's like, I think it's also just like he gained confidence, right? Like I think as we grow up, like when you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you're doing, and I still sometimes don't know what I'm doing, to be you know, out. yeah, it's like I'm, you know, we're, <laughs> I'm, I've, I've been living too long in this world, and then I still don't know what I'm doing. No, but uh, no, all that to say though, like you know, it's this beautiful thing of like that. Arnold's character arc is really good, and but even throughout all of it, he always gets gut checked by his empathy, which yeah. is like what's so cool. Because like you said, like he doesn't know what he's doing in the beginning, and he's like, I, like he's just like kind of watches for a while and is learning, and like he, you know, where he's at, and then he has this these bigger moments later on where he's like making those mistakes and he's making choices and like failing and then like learning from those failures, uh, to you know, to some extent, and like. Even just being like, I know what I want and I want to go for it. You know, like that's like think that's like the big learning I think from like the roof arc, right? Like I know what I want and I'm gonna go for it. And when I don't want it, I'm gonna leave it. Al- I'm gonna move on to the next and go for what I want next. Like, and there's like a beauty in that. But maintaining that like drive for yourself while having empathy for others is like a hard balance. And sometimes he fails at doing that, and it's a beautiful thing. You know. Like the karate episode, like you said. Yeah, the karate episode is a good one, I guess. That's you know? great too. Oh yeah, Austin, we, so are you an Arnold guy? What, are we all going Arnold? Well, yeah, I'm going Arnold for sure. <laughs> uh, I just, I just like, I'm just saying. But maybe I'm coming around on it. You're making a lot of good points, but I just go. It's one of those things where, like, I feel like I watch Hey Arnold not for Arnold a lot. You right. know, it's like everybody I, loves Raymond. <laughs> no one watches it for Raymond. <laughs> Raymond, well, see the. the well, the flaw with Raymond is like he's a mama's boy who whines all the time, and that's, you know. But like yeah. Arnold, it's like, oh, you're doing the right thing. Like the, the my favorite, one of my favorite Arnold-centric episodes is the Badinsky episode, where they all come at him and like turn it around and go, Arnold, you're annoying, and you're yeah. having business. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. But uh, but but there is a lot of heart with his family and, and everything like that. And, and I think they did a lot of justice with Arnold in the Jungle movie immensely because he does make some mistakes, which is interesting but i do love jamie o jamie o is really funny i think jamie o is really funny yeah okay another close one here an eight and nine seed we've got curly versus iggy um dan you want to start on this one uh curly all the way curly, curly all the way hysterical curly is one of my favorite characters and uh curly when curly snaps uh, every, <laughs> uh he fam- when he famously snaps with the dodgeballs, but also, but also the Twelve Angry Men episode when he uh, he re- yes. reveals that it was his pencil and uh, you know Eugene is sharpening my pencil. Uh, just and when he finally gives it back to me, oh here Curly, like it was no big deal. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna reenact every episode for you guys. I am with uh, you, man. I know the lines. It's all good. Come on, I mean that's that's way better than anything Icky did. I'm going Curly. 
Yeah, I 100% agree, man. Curly is so freaking funny, man. Just like, free the animals in the zoo. Yeah, we'll go meet you, Curly. And he runs <laughs> off and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's riding a tiger at the end of the episode. I just love like when he runs off and everyone's in agreement, like, man, that boy needs help. Like, you know, like it's just so good. In, in a community of a million characters, you have to have one that's just too gone too far. One that's just right. too crazy. And he is that character for us. He is he he is doing this for us, and we are here to enjoy. <laughs> he's, he's a great hundred percent. He's so good. I'm with you. Curly's an easy one. Iggy's boring. He's like one yeah. episode where he wore bunny pajamas, and that's kind of it. Um, right. Curly's great. Curly's so <laughs> so ridiculous. So many one-liners uh, from Curly, man. Just like wild moments. You know, and he has this crush on Rhonda and everything. I mean, we we love Curly's. Curly's weird, and we, we love Curly. Um, all right, this one, I don't know how much we're going to spend time on this one. This one may be, eh, it's fairly whatever. We've got, man, I think it's actually kind of easy. We've got Sid here uh, versus Park. Park's very likable, but I don't see how we don't pick Sid over Park here. I mean, right? Yeah, Sid, Sid is the vampire yeah. hunter. Sid is the, the, the <laughs> he's the one who uh, has the white the, boots. The, yeah, and the his beetle he, boots. His yeah. Beetle boots. Yeah. He created the 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 voodoo doll for uh uh principal warts and uh oh my god so funny uh park is great though because i think everyone will remember the park episode where or the episode with park where he uh he has the safe haven for everyone during the dumpster episode Mm, where yeah uh, you know and it's as a kid you see that and you're like oh it's so cool why can't we have everyone's drinking yahoo soda he's created this amazing like this escape for everyone like everyone walking wants to around like it's a tour we help people here and we offer yeah. therapy and it's like yeah parks parks like the shadow hour? broker <laughs> of hillwood just like running yeah. an underground circuit yeah so i'll give i'll give park that credit but yeah we're all going sid right right yeah, agreed yeah. yeah it's an easy one but park parks park is cool like we yeah. like park sid is hilarious um all righty so i think this next one's gonna be a really good one. we've got kind of two icons here we've got harold berman versus chocolate boy i mean how hey arnold matchup is that um where do you want to begin with this flores here uh this is this one i think we might spend a minute on yeah i mean for me chocolate boy is such a great character because it's just like the greedy like like sugar rush of every kid and just like what if you could like just live that and then you're also like oh god what if i was like that but uh for me again like going back to what i was talking about earlier it's like what harold is just like harold again the bully there's more to the bully that meets the eye aspect and also just like that introduction to like jewish culture for me is like such a highlight for for of harold and just like him like appreciating his own culture more in the process that like in the, an appreciation he didn't have before because he didn't understand why it was special and to be able to like have that connection to your culture i think that's something that like is universal to like have traditions and family thing like family traditions that are passed down uh, and everyone loves those things everyone loves that thing their grandma used to do with them or their grandpa did with them and things of that nature mm-hmm. so for me it's harold all the way yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, Ch- Chocolate Boy is uh, hysterical. Harold is uh, a multi-layered, fantastic character that uh, started out as a one-dimensional bully, like you said, and he, he uh, it develops to a point where we can watch his own episodes. And, like, he could oh, probably yeah. take on his own show at some point. Like, he's just, he's fantastic. Even that voice is just funny. Um, yeah. 
Chocolate Boy uh, is hysterical, and I love and, he, and also just he is uh, the vessel of addiction. Who would have thought that in this kind of a show? <laughs> it's like this. That's our introduction. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's our introduction to tweaking. That's like you know, it's pretty hysterical. Yeah, chocolate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to go get help, but then I got chocolate instead. And then they're yeah. stuck in the tree. Stuck in the tree. <laughs> I don't stop except for chocolate. Uh, yeah. I. It's a toughie, but I, you you gotta go, Harold. I'm going, Harold. I I gotta agree. I, chocolate boy is one note, um, and he does overcome his addiction, kind of. Um, with radishes, but then I guess he at some point he goes back to chocolate. But I, I gotta go with Harold. Harold is so entertaining and he really evolves and tries to learn and does feel bad. And he's got a great, fun family. Um, befriending Patty is, is really nice. So, yeah, I'll go with Harold, but I mean, Chocolate Boy is a really iconic character. On yeah, Harold. dude, yeah, sad the way he was seated because I think Harold is just really iconic. Agreed. Yeah, there's a there's a couple other slots in here where Chocolate Boy would have won if he was uh, sure. in a different part of the bracket. I would say for too. Sure. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of moments here where we're like, yeah, well, well, we have to let a character go in this first round, but we have to. We always give them the shout out. We're like, okay, give them their flowers. That's right. That Chocolate Boy's yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but this one I think will be. I think this was actually. Uh, uh, well, I mean, it's quite a thing, but but I think it's a more interesting matchup than we think. We've got Brainy, who is voiced by Craig Bartlett, with uh, against Wolfgang, who was voiced by a formal former Arnold voice actor here. Um, Flores, do you want to uh, start the floor with this one? We've got their first fifth grade bully, who for some reason are like six feet taller than the other fourth graders, and uh, Brainy, who's always behind Helga's back. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, Wolfgang is so cool, right? Like, in terms of just, like, as a character, because it's just, like, this intim- – he is an embodiment of the intimidation factor of older kids when you're in school. Because, like, obviously, like, in real life, like, a fifth grader is maybe two inches taller yeah. than, like, a fourth grader. But, like, when you're in fourth grade, like, the fifth and sixth graders feel like giants, you know, because oh, they're the older kids, you know? Um, so there is that, like, magic that they, like, embodied in him. Uh, I think he's like such a goof and like also like he looks so voided up and ridiculous. It's like funny to me. But like mailbox. Yeah, yeah. Like the kid is just like jacked, right. dude. Like, yeah. what is going on? But uh, you know, with Brainy, you know, it's just so funny to see like he's obviously like the funny like one-dimensional shtick of the show. But yeah. then I, it it's amazing to see like over time, like, how can we keep this funny? Like, like, how do we not, like, how does it get better or, like, just, like, sustains itself over time? And I feel like they did a really great job doing that. And then to see, like, it all come to fruition in the end of Jungle Movie, movie, like, like, it was such a great moment in the movie. Um, So it's a really tough one, I will say. Like, this is, I think this is, like, a lot harder than people realize in terms of just, like, Mm -hmm. wow, Wolfgang, like, definitely didn't have as many episodes. Like, there was that impact factor that that I was talking about earlier. But with Brainy, it's just almost like a a powerhouse driving through and staying constant. Like, it's it's like, you know, the the one timeline that's consistent. Like, you always know Brainy will be there and will do something weird. Um, (laughs) So for for me, I'm going Brainy. Yeah, you're you're waiting for the... The breathing, where is it? Is he in a hall of mirrors? Yeah. Is he in a trash <laughs> yeah. can? Is he, is he coming out of the sewers for no reason? Yeah. And then Helga calls him out at it and Helga on the couch. But you're going brainy. You are not going with the upset. Wolfgang is a great character here. Dan, 
I mean, uh, a lot of good points on Wolfgang here, but Brady is the higher seed. It's funny that this ended up being the really, like, the hardest one of the boys for me. Uh, it's really funny that, like, for me, like, as Brainy, again, like you were saying, like, he's that, he's that perfect joke. Like, just like, oh, that, when you hear that breathing, you know it's coming. And, right. and, and you still laugh. Like, you know he's going to get hit in the face. <laughs> you know he's a creep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's just a little kid. He's just a kid. He's just like a dork kid who just loves Helga. I just, hi. Uh, we all knew that kid. Um, and then Wolfgang though, I mean, I, I, I went Wolfgang, I will say I went Wolfgang. I think that his episodes were memorable for me, the vacant lot, uh, you know, or him like playing in the vacant lot in the football episode is fantastic. Actually, that's my roommate's favorite episode. He loves that episode. And we talk about that one a lot, um, which is kind of funny. I mean, if you're a football fan, just the idea of like, you know, uh, you know, playing in the mud and like just like everything about that, like you know, playing sports with your friends and stuff, and just the way that and when it rains at the end, just, it's it's fantastic. And Wolfgang is just a is a a perfect bully. He's that perfect. It's like Harold was the bully, but when Harold kind of becomes soft and becomes that uh, that <laughs> friend, yeah. Wolfgang is just he's not going to get soft. He 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 is that bully. Uh, mm-hmm. I I went Wolfgang. I think he's just a, a fantastic villain. So it's up to me here, and this this I thought was going to be a tough one. I did spend a lot of time on this one, and I went with the upset. I went with Wolfgang on this one here. Uh, now, my I, heart. No, I, it's that. <laughs> it really just came down to Brainy is one note in the end, with yeah. the exception of the Jungle movie where he has a, a fantastic moment. I knew it was coming because I did all read about it years beforehand, like a total normal person. But I. <laughs> uh, Wolfgang becomes a very likable bully because he's kind of stupid and he tells like Edmund when to laugh at his jokes and he, um, uh, you know, when, when he befriends Ludwig and gets the, the pull up teams yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, he is, it is just such a character. Like when I was talking about it, he crushes a mailbox. Like what fifth grader jumps to dive and catches a football, lands on top of a mailbox, crushes it and slams it like nothing happened. Like, <laughs> what are the dimensions on Wolfgang? Um, but Brainy's a great gag. Brainy's a great gag. He's a number six seed for a reason, but I did go with the upset in Wolfgang here. So Flores, that's a tough one. It's a tough one, but I get it. I mean, I like, again, like, like you guys were saying, just the impact of Wolfgang in his moments is so strong and diverse. And like, like he, it's not the, like Brainy is the one trick pony, but it's like, I just love how, how consistent they were with like keeping you guessing in it is I guess yeah. what, what I love about Brainy. But you know, uh, as we see the, you know, the bracket go on, I think we'll, we're all heading in the right direction. <laughs> well, is this one an easy one Flores? Does Edmund have a chance against? No, Stingers? man. Edmund, come on, dude. He had like, does he even have a line? I feel like maybe he had one line in like one episode. Yeah, like, we gotta go stinky, guys. Come on. Yeah, it's all pretty... full stinky, man. I love stinky, stinky so much for like the, the the his whole love letter, like yeah, like his like he's such a romantic, like and no one expects that when they start building the character out for him. He's a lot more helpless. profound. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a helpless romantic, and I and I like, I feel that, bro. And he's our, <laughs> he's our Yahoo Soda uh, guy. Yep. He's got a million yeah, dollars worth. Of, uh... <laughs> so anyway. Um, and this may be another, I think the next two might be whatever. We've got Eugene versus Peapod Kid here. 
I love the name Peapod Kid, but yeah. I don't know how you don't pick Eugene in this scenario. Eugene's I really amazing. Don't. You're going. Mm-hmm. You got Eugene. I mean, the musical. Uh, when he sings Eugene, Eugene. Yeah. When he uh, <laughs> when he when the, he's the absolute klutz. Just everything bad happens to him. He's cursed. It's hysterical. Oh man. Yep. I just love like that one episode where Arnold's just trying so hard to help him, and yeah. just cannot do it right for the life of him and he's like it's okay you know I, the doctor said my kidney is i don't need it like you know i don't need that extra kidney and i'm like oh my lord i wish they could have cut my spleen though so <laughs> great writing so, great so writing. good shout out to peapod kid he would think this is terrible terrible yeah. <laughs> that terrible. one peep for the peapod kid fans out there i'm sorry yeah. but you're he's alone <laughs> you're alone <laughs> Because he played a peapod in the first episode. Literally, that's how we got his name, which is great. Um, and then I think the last one is is kind of a layup, too. We've got Gerald versus Joey Stevenson. Great character design on Joey Stevenson. Um, but other than that, I don't think he stands a chance here. I'll just remind everybody what Joey Stevenson. He is the African-American kid with one tooth missing, which is a good yeah. thing. Yeah, another like one-liner type of character that just kind of was Joey's like Joey's a jerk. Joey yeah. is one of the kids who goes up with Pigeon Man's roof. And oh, he does. he does. So he, he was a goon with, with Stinky and Harold in the beginning. <laughs> and they all had to get uh, redemption and all become uh, better people. Uh, yeah, we're all going Gerald, right? Yeah, we're all going Gerald. I guess Joey was a goon and I never realized. <laughs> I love that. Joey was a goon. Well, what's <laughs> what funny is like, the end of the episode where uh, – uh, Arnold and Harold are going to fight. Uh, they're like, we came here for a fight. And then Harold just makes Iggy and Joey punch each other at the end. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. Good. I love that. All right. Well, let's move uh, on to the well, other I side. Will, We're getting to the adults. I will say, not to, not to backtrack a bit, but also one thing on Peapock Kid, he looks yeah. so cool and did nothing. <laughs> just like, He's just there you know, go. what a good, what a cool, like, character design like just like clear cool yeah, kid and just nothing nothing uh oh, kid we'll take a look at the i mean he's that's funny he's a funny character he's very likable yeah. i like peapod kid he's it cool like they should have did more with him maybe i don't know yeah <laughs> but what do you what do you do what do you he do with the peapod kid? kid yeah um all right well we're moving on we're going to the adults here we're gonna do the women and the men here so yeah, I think this one's another easy layup. We've got Reba Heyerdahl. I think this is actually – I didn't say this. I think this is the weakest bracket, the women bracket. Um, Grandma versus Reba Heyerdahl, which is a funny name for, you know, a white woman from Kentucky named after Reba McIntyre to be Phoebe's, you yeah. know, mother. But how do you not pick Grandma? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah okay. Grandma going- all day. We're going grandma. We're going to talk about grandma a lot on this, I'm sure. So I, uh, I'll keep it short for this one. I'll just say grandma immediately. Uh, three cheers for the red, white, and blue. We're doing it. <laughs> yep, agreed. Put on a happy face. Um, so I'm withholding the last name uh, for anybody who hasn't watched the Jungle movie. Um, I figured it out anyways. But uh, Stella, which is Arnold's mom, versus Mrs. Vitello, who is very old and runs the flower shop in uh hillwood here uh dan who do you got here do you got mrs vitello um because uh, people like old things or do you got uh, <laughs> or do you got stella uh we got i i i'm going stella i'm going arnold's mom uh mrs vitello i remember from uh the episode with the vacant lot uh 
she owns the flower shop and she uh she you know she's a part of the community i love her but uh you know stella she she's just arnold's mom she's the heart i mean i know she's just like she's not really uh fleshed out but she was an adventurer she uh you know she, her and, and the dad they were great romance and uh you know it's like romancing the stone kind of uh mm-hmm. you know callback it, it's it's yeah they're, they could have their own little episode with just two of them. Actually, they kind of did when we had Parents' Day. So uh, they, they, it was kind of basically their episode. Uh, and it's interesting. It's fantastic. And the idea that they were trying to save people. And it just, it's fun to watch like Arnold's family as adventurers. And uh, and the idea that they lived up to uh, what – as everyone sees their parents as their heroes. And the idea that like these guys are pretty much literal heroes in the mm-hmm. – you know, fictional sense of the word, you know, the kind of way we look at it. Uh, yeah, I gotta I, I go Stella. I think she's very interesting. More interesting than Miss Patello. Who yeah. do you got here, Flores? Man, I mean, I gotta say, with all those points, I totally agree with Ken. Because, uh, you know, for Miss Patello, she's always there. She's always lingering. Uh, but, you know, I think with, it's almost like saying, like, do you want to see, like, Hercules or the shopkeeper? Right. Like you want to see the hero, you want to see the demigod. And like there's such a mythology and like a myth, a, a, a mystery around Arnold's parents um, that like even as the show's going on, like b- before Jungle Movie, there's such a powerful impact just because they're not there. You know what I'm saying? Like and I think there's such power in that. And then like to learn that it's not that something went like something was bad about them. They were trying to help people and like use that empathy that we love Arnold for to help others at a higher level. Like it's like almost seeing like, you know, if Arnold was to evolve, right. If, if Arnold's a Charmander and like his parents are, <laughs> his parents are Charizards. Like, you know, they're just like, they're using that, that flame of empathy to like really help people where, wherever they can and the people who need it most in their eyes. And so like, there's such a magic and mystery behind his parents that like, I had to go Stella. I would say too, uh, uh before we move on as well, I, I would say, uh, it's it's funny. I feel like we're we're all in the boat where we're kind of all talking about the old episodes and we're trying not to spoil the jungle movie. I feel it's like there's people good. out there, yeah, there's people gonna... out there that maybe didn't give it a chance. So I would say I think we're all in the same boat where we're not going to spoil the I, jungle movie. I'm trying not to. It might inadvertently slip out here and there, like when we say maybe. Brady has a okay. moment, things like that. Um, but it's just too good. I do want people to see it. Um, with that said, to, to bounce off your thing, Flores, uh, when you're referencing Charmander, my last season was Generation 1 Pokemon, and you can see how well Charmander <laughs> Charizard did. I sat down with some great YouTubers to talk about that. But the other uh, thing is I ended up going with Mrs. Mattello here on this one. I ah. find Arnold's parents kind of – I don't know why. I'm very hard on them. I just find them uninterested. You're hard on the whole family, bro. And <laughs> you're like, no, I don't no. like Arnold. I don't like no, his no, no, parents. No. Grandma and yeah. are Gems. super interesting. Diamonds. But it's just because I never really saw them. It, it, maybe that was my thing into it. It's like, okay, we only saw them really through flashbacks and the like. And Mrs. Vitello was such a fixture uh, on the show, even though she's not really – I mean, I mean, this is not an amazing matchup. I don't think this is a great uh, section in the bracket. Right. Um, so I went with Mrs. Vitello just for the familiarity and the one joke in the Hey Arnold movie, which ended up in theaters um, because I like all things. And uh, <laughs> That's fair. Was, that was it. That was the one joke in the movie that was really good, I think. Uh, but we're not going Mrs. Vitella. We're going Stella here. So I miss out on that one. Stella moves on. 
Um, we kind of gave it. You gave this is the one you gave away here, Dan. Olga Pataki versus Shelly, who is the nurse here. Um, you're going obviously with Olga, yes? Uh, I went Shelly. You went Shelly even after that. Whoa, spin here. I know. I I I would say though that Shelly will not uh will not go too far in my bracket. <laughs> uh, Olga's fantastic. I love Olga, but it because I I honestly think that over time, like I, again, I went with my choices of gut instinct. I gave everything probably a a few minutes, if not five minutes each. Uh, to think about, uh, I really, I really gave it a lot of thought. Went through with all the episodes and really, you know. But uh, so, so, so now with days, you know, we're, we're letting it just stay and just kind of you know, with days. Uh, look, going back on this, you know, I, maybe I would have gone Olga. But uh, it's a very tough one for me. But I, I did love that moment with Shelly and and the glasses. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> just that she's just a, she's a sweet nurse. I just love when she pops up. Uh, maybe maybe it's something. Uh, something inside of me i just love those sweet kind of characters uh okay. when, so i so i went shelly i know she's Very not gonna cool. win i know she's not gonna win well, maybe if you're out there and you like a sweet character uh go google and remind yourself of shelly yeah, i just, will say this you never know and there has been in the history and you know this dan in the history of pointless 64 where 16 c's have upset one seeds um so that has already happened but will this 12 seed shelly the nurse take over Olga Pataki here, Flores. I mean, in my hearts of hearts, I love that Dan says that about Shelly, just like that warm butterfly feeling, because Dan is a warm butterfly person, like, in my life. <laughs> wow. But he is, like, uh, just a pure ball of joy and uh, positive energy <laughs> at all times. It's a, oh it's a wonderful, it's well, a wonderful well, thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so Dan definitely sees himself in Shelly, and I, and I see Dan in Shelly as well. But... <laughs> I think for the oh, same God. reason I went with Gloria earlier, uh, you know, Olga's like branching, uh, uh, like connection to Helga makes me lean in on it because she's such a big impact on Helga's growth. And like, you know, there's, a, there's things she despises, but at the end of the day, you know, she still cares. And, and like Olga is so oblivious to like her impact on those around her. And like, it's really so self-centered but you know, you but how it's a, it's so interesting to see someone who's supposed to be more mature in that teenage moment, like is so self-centered as most teenagers are that she can't look beyond her borders. And you know, Helga is like a like not not to say a victim of it, but she's impacted so heavily by of, it. I yeah, mean, so, yeah, I mean, she is a victim of it due to the family dynamic that comes from it. Um, but yeah, you know, I think like her, her being an anchor and a, and a pillar of growth for Helga for me makes Olga like a great character. And she's also just like ridiculous. Like if you like <laughs> this, like, and like, Oh, Helga, my sweet baby sister. Oh, like, you know, like I'm going to the field trip. Oh, like she has these ridiculous, like, like lines like these ridiculous scripts and then like it's just funny to see how just being like yo what is wrong with you my dude like like that's just like the energy Helga has anytime Olga talks she's like yo what is wrong with you lady like uh, so but I'll go for me I think I well I think there is a consistency with Dan not liking these very perfect to a to a cringe moment characters yeah. both Olga and Lila yeah Again, because of how funny Olga is and what that does to Helga is so entertaining. 
And I have to go with Olga moving forward here. Olga is sure. not like, but when she comes on, when she comes on and does an Olga episode, it's like, what stupidity is going to happen? This <laughs> yep. she, like when she's sitting there doing Moonlight Bay with Lila, I'm like, oh my God, I hate them both. <laughs> this is hilarious. Or, uh, well, Austin, I, I want to ask you, I want to yeah. ask you a trivia question. Okay. I, I, I want to, what is I'm the song? Up. What is the song that Olga listens to when she is depressed because she got a C minus? No, but it's so funny. Like she sits so in a dark room. Good. What is what is it? It's like this heavy It is uh, la- it is Lacrimosa from Mozart's uh, La <laughs> Like it's all dark and heavy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think to look that up, Dan. I know it in my head. But. Yes. It's so funny. I looked it up because uh, I wanted to use it was like because I, I work in uh, I do like uh, film promotion and there's times when I want to use uh, old songs that I know are royalty free like that like Mozart and I had a moment and I was like what's the song from that scene with Olga and I had to like look it up and Lacrimosa it's so funny so yeah I, I, also, one of the best parts of the Requiem for your classical music nerds out there, Lacrimosa is such a good part of the Requiem. The fact that you pull that and can stump me on that means I picked the right people for this show because that is not even something I even thought to look up. And I've done a lot of research on Arnold and I just was – I, I just I, laugh. After talking with you for over an hour, I know you know your stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got God. to put together nicely here. Our liaison, uh, she knew what to do. Um, okay, Olga moves forward here. Um, I think the next one's a pretty easy one. We've got Miss Slovak versus Mrs. Gamblethorpe, which is literally just in there because she's Curly's mom and made enough appearances. We're picking Miss Slovak, no? Yeah, yeah, no-brainer. Yep, Miss Slovak. Professional golfer now, Miss Slovak. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, that's so funny. No chalk, no teachers. It's so good. Uh <laughs> Well, I think the next one will be more interesting because we got a battle of moms. We've got Marilyn Berman versus Brooke Lloyd. So we've got Rhonda's mom versus Harold's mom. Where do you like this one? Flores here. This is uh, these are fun characters. I think both of them are fun characters. Yeah, I agree. I think they're both fun characters. And, you know, what I love is that they – the show as a whole got these moments where and, and it all accumulates in that Parents Day episode where you get to see like not just the kids, which like mm-hmm. in a lot of animation, you just see the hyper focus on like the friend group. But you see like the community around the friend group. Right. And like these are the people that are instilling their values into their kids. Right. And so like you yep. see that emulated with these characters. Right. You see Rhonda's sense of fashion and posh uh, come from her mom. And then you see like you know, the, the traditional Jewish mother and Harold and Harold's mom. And, you know, for me, it's just, it's, it was hard. Like uh, for like, cause these are, these are not like top tier characters, right. That they're just like, Oh my God, there was some, one of my favorites. But at the same time, they're two very memorable characters, which is mm-hmm. like such a, a, a fine distinction, right. Like compared to like Miss Vitello, where it's just like, she has some liners and stuff like that, but you know, for some, she's not that memorable. Uh, but for me, I had to go with Harold's mom because, again, I just that I, I can't express enough like that idea of like retaining culture and sharing culture, like how strongly that sh- that like that like 
rang to me, right? Like, I really felt that. Like, and it's just, like, a beautiful thing to see. And also, like, we all know that mom. <laughs> There's always, like, one of our friends, if it wasn't our mother, one of our friends had that mother who acted like like her. So it's just, like, you're not eating enough, you know? Like, one of those. So it's just, like, why are you getting so skinny? Like, so it's, it's definitely Berman all the way. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't even remember Brooke Lloyd, to be honest with you. It's funny because you said they're both memorable characters. I, I only remember Marilyn Bourbon. She's so mm. good, so funny. You got to go her. I mean, she's just great. I, I, Austin, uh, do you agree? I mean, I absolutely got... agree. I think Brooke is a reason why Rhonda the way she is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see it. Like, Brooke is really only um, relevant in the episode where uh, Rhonda's glasses and then yep. the episode where – uh, they lose all their money, so they don't have yes. to go live in the boarding house. Harold's mom is always, like, bickering with her husband all the time and then talking with Harold. And, this it, like, you can see, like, the tension, but they love each other. And Harold is, like, she's trying to be an empathetic good mother and stuff like that. And uh, But they, Brooke is, like, a little I – don't, I don't find her as likable as Marilyn – um, so yeah, I gotta go with Marilyn. Yeah, she's very posh spice. I mean, nothing against posh spice, but <laughs> from, of spice girl. Okay, fame. so ever side side note, everyone yeah. name your favorite spice girl. Oh god, I don't even um Sporty. Probably sporty, yeah. Wow, that's really weird. Make sure we're talking about Dan's this, a right? ginger spice type no, of guy. No, no, no. Oh. I'm, I'm sporty. Isn't that weird? Which one? Wait, wait, we're all wait, We're all sporty. We're all healthy. That's really funny. Because <laughs> she's not even like everyone's favorite. Everyone loves Emma Bunton. Everyone loves. Yeah. We all just went Mel C. Yeah, that's funny. I, I, so I'll be a confession. My mommy didn't like the Spice Girls growing up. She did not mm. like. Um, I, I had so, a sister, so luckily, like I was introduced to my sister, and we own the Spice World uh, VHS tape. <laughs> so you know, actually, no, I'm gonna go scary. Actually, okay, because Mel, Mel B is great. Mel B was on like America's Got Talent. Yeah, Mel uh, B, like yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I'll Mel go. Kind of a babe. Yeah, she's yeah, so I, I think good. she's funny. It's 2021. She looks fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, they all they all were like, to, it's it's so interesting because like they had such a cool career. This is such a tangent, but such a great <laughs> career together. But you know, Ginger Ginger had to go solo. You know, and it's just like, what are you doing, Ginger? Uh, but you know what? Every group has their Zane, so yeah, it happens. So also, Zane could walk. Um, let's get back to the bracket. Yeah, let's get back to the bracket. But there's gonna be a lot of 90s. If you're, if you're tuning into Hey Arnold, you probably like the '90s here. Um, yeah. Okay, this one. All right, this one is actually a lot more deceiving than we think. We've got Susie Kakashka, a number three seed. I think a very deserving number three seed here versus Tish Wittenberg here. Mm. You guys remember that episode? Remember when Tish, at the very end of the episode, Tish and Coach Wittenberg go in the pool? They go oh, under, yeah. and, and it's basically like they're going to canoodle. That's the oh, uh, yeah. that's the end of the episode. I'm like, that's a kid show, guys. Why? We're ending it with them going to canoodle in the pool. It uh, was the 90s. <laughs> uh, what do you like here, Dan? Got to go Susie. You that's the easy one. She's great. Yeah. So good. You keep the money. Uh, just the way that her and Oscar... Uh, how she just has this this blind, stupid love for the worst man on the planet, and uh, she's like the breadwinner, and she's just fantastic. I just, uh, yeah, you gotta go, Susie. Yeah, man, I will say, Susie, 
hard worker boss lady like through and through and just like you know getting weighed down by oscar and like one of my favorite quotes though is like you know there's that one scene where she's like oscar all you do is crying and whine and ask me to make you a sandwich he goes yeah and you never did like (laughs) and i'm just like dude the level of patience Susie must have to not like just charge him She's, like, a straight, she's a straight man, so Oscar could be the funny man. Like, a, yeah, she, yeah. She, she tees up every joke that we uh, have for Oscar, uh, and she's just great. I, I, I love her. So yeah, I'm gonna I agree. Go crazy, and I pick Tish. I find Tish. Ah, really I, I, because the, the, I know it's sort of just a counterpart to Coach Wittenberg to Jack, where she, she stands on her own better. though. Yeah, and she's funny, and and she's tougher, and probably smarter, and better at ice hockey than him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bowling league, I want to throw this out there and this is a mini spoiler for the jungle movie. All of the borders, well, not all of them, all the regular borders, because Mr. Smith and Lena Vale and Purdy all left. Okay. They left after season one. Okay. But when Arnold comes down, like, and this is in the first 10 minutes, they're so not really spoiling anything. Susie isn't there. Oscar's there. Mr. Potts is there. And Mr. Wynn is there. So there's a couple things. Either Susie's not interesting or did Susie end up leaving Oscar at some point? Because at some – like it's – right? Yeah, I mean they break up and get back together a lot, so. Is, right. she, at, is she at the party? At the end? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I actually, not, not at the end. It's not the end. It's the middle of the movie. Right. Is she at the middle the, – the party I, in the middle? It's a, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of – there's a lot of Easter eggs in that. Here it is. I actually just answered it. In a Reddit AMA, Craig Bartlett confirmed that Susie left Oscar after the events of Hey Arnold the Movie, explaining her absence in the Jungle Movie. Wow. wow. Yeah. Good for that her, man. Likes her more, maybe a yeah, that makes me – that's that keeps you even higher on the bracket now. <laughs> she He wasn't worth it. <laughs> okay. I didn't – I missed this tidbit of trivia. But, um, huh. Wow. Great question. Whoever answered, asked that question, that was very good. All right. So Susie moves onward. Um, there we go. I was wondering. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't even think about that until now. Okay. Susie moves onward. I lose out on this one. Um, all righty. <sighs> Seven seed versus 10 seed. These are fairly close. Mayor Dixie versus Mrs. Johansson. Here we go. What do you like, Flores? I'm going to pass it to Dan because I'm very curious. Because to be honest, I. I didn't have I don't have any like like fandom towards either of these characters per se. So I'm curious to see like if Dan had any uh fandom towards these characters. Uh funny enough, actually I noticed I had a typo. I I meant to do Mrs. Johansson. For some Uh-oh. reason it says Mayor Dixie, and I'm not gonna stand for it. <laughs> I, I I'm adjusting the, it's Mrs. Johansson. All right, just make sure you pick it. Make sure it just accordingly going forward. You you have like the last second to get it in. Mm-hmm. It's happening. This is it. I, I Mrs. Johansson, Gerald's mom, is fantastic. I love her. I love the parents. I think they're great. I think she's a. Again, we're talking about supportive characters and those characters that like you know that feel like like loving and like but not in the sappy way. Like she just was just like the idea that she let Gerald go and like live on his own and trusted it. Yeah. And just like the way she handles it and how she's just so welcoming and loving when he comes back. Uh, a lot of those episodes with Gerald, like when he's selling the beepers and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I really, uh, or no, it was Wacko Watches, excuse me. I, I, uh, I, yeah, 
I, I, Mrs. Johansson. Flores, do you like uh, Gerald's mom? Do you like Mayor Dixie? Yeah, I mean, man. It's an upset if you pick Gerald's mom. Well, so I did pick Gerald's mom. Uh, wow. Only because, because of what Dan just hit on the head. is just like the only moments I, me- I remember of her is like trusting her kids and like being so loving and supportive. Like that's all – like when I thought about these two characters, I'm like, what do I remember? Like – and it's literally like that for – for Mrs. Johansson and for Mayor Dixie, I don't really remember much. So I'm like, I don't like she like I I remember her image. She is pretty like, great. Yeah. But like for me, it's just like she didn't like land, you know, like uh, Mayor Dixie. Like so, Mrs. Johansson for me. So I went with Mayor Dixie on this one. I did go with the favorite on this one, and part of it is because I don't see much. Like we look at my like I would have picked Brooke Lloyd over Mrs. Johansson. Because I think Mrs. Johansson is like a good, solid mom, normal person. Besides her blowing a whistle, I would find that annoying. But Mayor Dixie literally just shows up, judges pumpkins, is yeah. like this complete oblivion, oblivious politician. It's a city landmark at the last second. It's <laughs> oh, always good. that. And then they play her. She has a theme song. She does yeah. have a theme song. That's true. And it's like, oh, okay. And, and, and then I remember somebody voicing to somebody else in the background. Didn't we recall her? Way more interesting. Than, I will, uh, I will say like, with her anthem though, with her music, I always love to, if I remember correctly, like her music always ends on a crash, right? It's like, da, 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 like, like, and you hear the like symbol that, crash, yeah, like when she like exits out. Yeah. You know? So that's why I went with Mayor Dixon. I, th- I think it's funny. She's like a one note. Cause the politicians in Hillward are bad besides yeah. Mr. Green spoilers for that episode, but I mean, <laughs> it's just, they're bad. And she's just part of it. <laughs> you know, she lets Sheck basically take over the town. Yeah. You know, I mean, I will say though, it, it, it makes me laugh, like, uh, almost, because it's, like, it, it all is about framing, right? When it comes to, like, the one-man the one man trick, the one-trick pony and Brainy wasn't enough, but for Mary Dixie, it was. And it's I think it's, it's also too – no, yeah, it's for you. But I'm saying it's also interesting because when you, when you do that, when you see that, it's, like, something in the framing of the joke hits better for you for Mary Dixie versus Brainy. And I think yeah. that's something that's so cool and interesting. To be fair, in this matchup, I just found Mayor Dick – that one joke is funnier than what Mrs. Johansson offers as a character. She's a nice character, but she's not – I don't look at her as any flawed character. Mayor, Mayor Dixie's definitely true. Flawed, true. That's why I picked Mayor Dixie. Oh, yeah. I respect the choice. Valid, valid, yeah. Yeah, but she loses, and I lose. But I think the next <laughs> one's pretty obvious. The next one's a layup. Miriam Pataki versus Lunch Lady – uh, we're all picking Mary and Pataki. Let's all let's all take a chug of our uh, our juice. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, it's, uh, it's I don't know what you have. I have water in my cup. No, but uh, <laughs> you guys didn't pick lunch lady. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Come on. definitely Miriam, man. It's just like you know, it's always it's a beautiful thing to 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 see the acknowledgement of like the dark side of humanity in a way that like <laughs> you know it that you know. Some people have hard times dealing with that stuff, but you have to acknowledge that it's there or else you can't do anything about it. And that's, again, what this show did so freaking good. It introduces all these facets of people to the audience in a digestible format so kids can, like, get – slowly get understanding 
to these things, right? Like, and have some like street smarts. It gave kids street smarts, like in a oh, in yeah. a very subtle a way. Be drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, some some parents' moms sleep on the on the couch all day because they're wasted. Like you know, and like they have to cope with that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, pretty easy one. We'll move on. And yes, Marion Pataki is an alcoholic, and that is. Uh, <laughs> Something they brought up and explains a lot with Helga. But uh, I think we'll move on to the final round here. This has been a uh, long episode. They, again, not all these episodes are this long. It's just the first one. But uh, yeah. this, to me, I said, is the toughest bracket. And weirdly, somebody pointed this out, that the toughest bracket seems to be the bottom right one. And ah. it's no different here. Yeah. We've got uh, the men here. Um, Grandpa Phil versus Sheena's Uncle Earl. I think this is an easy one. I think Grandpa is a lot of people's favorite character here. He's definitely over <laughs> Sheena's Uncle Earl, who is a funny one-note character. Yeah, Dan, but we we would we would be uh we wouldn't be doing this bracket service. I think people would tune out if we picked Earl. This is Grandpa. Grandpa yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Earl's funny, but Grandpa is top tier. I, I mean, I, I, he's yeah. the people's champion. Like no question about it. I would say, I guess, if we're all going to go Grandpa Phil, I would just say really quickly, what's your favorite Grandpa moment? If you can just, like, what's the first thing that comes to your head? Grandpa, when he goes back and, like, is almost getting expelled from sixth grade. I think that's the funniest Grandpa thing. Warts is an old fart who cares, and he's sneaking into PG-13 movies at the end of the That is the funniest stuff. (laughs) I love it. That's Um, such a good episode, man. I think, like... I you know what it, you know what I loved about Grandpa Phil he always said like these underhanded over over Arnold's over the over Arnold's head jokes like and it's just like it was like so constant but every single one was different where and it's just like and I I feel so bad because I can't like pinpoint one in my head right now but I just always remember hearing those jokes and then when I remember when we you know starting working on Nickelodeon having to go back to the content and rehearing those jokes I was like. Damn, <laughs> like they really like slipped them in there for them, huh? Like yeah. for the for the parents in the room, like it was so and it was so good. Like they were just such solid, sound jokes of just like where no kid would understand, and that's like tongue in cheek right there for the parents who who have to watch this this show because they care about their kid. <laughs> like yeah. Dan, your favorite? Well, it's funny because I, I I there's so many, and I I, yeah. I will probably name one every single bra- uh, every single time we talk about Phil. I will just say uh. No, we're forgetting that Never Eat Raspberries was Never Eat Raspberries. Yeah, it was like this like ongoing thing, and he'd run into the toilet. You hear, gotta go. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny. Uh, It's just potty humor is great. Let's just go grab a film. Never Eat Raspberries. Uh, Yeah, thank you for that. Well, we're going to move on to a very good matchup here for a lot of reasons. Uh, Another eight nine matchup here, which is tough. They are both. Very staples of the neighborhood here. We've got Marty Green versus Harvey the Mailman here. Um, who do you like in this matchup? Dan, you want to start with this one? Because this one I did struggle with a lot. This, this one was a, a slam. This was a slam Whoa. dunk, buddy. Slam, slam dunk. Slam dunk. Harvey with – I hate the snow. I hate the snow. It's Lou Rawls. Uh, his voice is fantastic. The idea that he helped Gerald with his tonsils and then and getting a dude voice, he's just he is so good and that's an iconic moment. And uh, you gotta go, you gotta go, uh, Harvey. I would say uh, I think a lot of people forget that his name is Harvey and they just say he's the mailman. 
Uh, yeah, it's a so point though. Yeah. You know, maybe. But what do you think, I, Flores? Yeah. I mean, that, oh man, like you said, this tough. is one. This is a Pretty tough cool. one. I love that opener of I hate the snow. I hate the snow. Um, but and that's why you picked it. But Marty, <laughs> man, I mean, like, okay. just just looking at the history, like he he has that like family history moment in that one episode, you know, about the butcher, and like that's a really good one. Uh, and to see both these, they, you know, I think something that was like really good about the show is that like, like the uh, the men just in general, the men weren't scared to be role models for these kids. Not all of them, obviously, because you got like Oscar. But, you know, but like you did have men in the community who stepped up to like make sure like they're helping mold these kids to be good humans. And that's like such a beautiful thing. Like I like I I that's why I, like that's like I do mentoring like like uh, through works uh, with high school students. And it's like literally because of that. I just want to like oh, like wow. mold mold, wow. you know, help mold kids like to be like, yo, you could do what I'm doing. Like, this isn't an imaginary thing. Like, this is a real job you can do. You just have to be made aware of it. Cause like, I wish I knew about my job. I didn't know my job existed when I was a kid, you know, like, you know, <laughs> well, our job was very different when we were kids for sure. It's, it's, it's yeah. media, media has evolved. I mean, uh, these kinds of passions, I mean, the, the things we, we didn't think it was possible, but now any kid could go get their phone and make a movie or anyone can, can start a podcast or anyone can create it's just you have to be have to write a level of passion and creativity i mean think about it like like austin has created this this bracket system and this is podcast and it's fantastic so Thank the you. idea that like you know uh but you you may not have had this uh accessibility in this and uh, you know you might have had this passion in the 90s if you if you lived then but uh but yeah but now i mean you're able to to do this and put this out there and and uh it, it, now what separates people I, I suppose is more uh I mean, yeah, sure. There's talent involved, but I mean, a lot of it is, is also just passion. I think yep. a lot of uh, a lot of teenagers uh, they have passions and they try to figure out which one is the right fit for them and uh, and how they're going to go forward. And I think that uh, you know, like be, being able to just experiment and create uh, is. is I, I hope that uh, people listen to this and and remember themselves in high school and think about themselves like you know, when they were, like, figuring this out, you know what I mean? Like, when they were, like, experimenting mm -hmm. and, like, you know, and also the people that got them there, those mentors, the people like you, Flores, uh, and the people like, uh, I can't believe bring us back to Hey Arnold this way, but the way the people like uh, a butcher, like like Mr. Green, and the way he, yeah. he shows our, uh, Harold, uh, you know, uh, how, how to tenderize meat, or Harvey, and the way he helps Gerald, and the way yes. he helps, you know, there's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of great scenes like that, and I hope, uh, I hope we all remember... In this nice tenor moment that I'm creating, I hope we all remember to wake up tomorrow, <laughs> get your coffee, and help a child. Yeah, and that's what we call uh, producing. What Dan just said, he just produced a moment live for you on podcast. No, you were on a thing. Uh, it, it appeared you were leaning toward Marty Green. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Br to bring it back to the bracket, man, I guess I'm realizing as we go through this, I have a soft spot for Harold and people connected to him as well because I'm going Marty because, like, it's yeah. just – I'm going Marty on it. I think that's that's my call. Ooh, so I will say this. Tiebreaker. I think a lot of people do have a soft spot for Harold. I think he's a very likable, very good, relatable kid. So I like both these characters. I did this, but in terms of what they did for the neighborhood, Marty edged out a little bit and they used him a little bit more. And when he runs for uh, 
councilman against John O'Hurley's character. Yes. And wins. I love that episode. I like when he's the one with pork pie and uh, slick and like they're going to get him. Um, and yeah, of course, that episode where he's you can tell he's annoyed. He doesn't want Harold there. It's like, yeah, well, then again, he looked at him as like kind of a son in the end. It's like he has a heart. Yeah. And Harvey is a great character. He's very he's a nice character. But I just gave that edge to Marty probably because we saw him more and they used mm. him more. And uh, that's probably why I, I gave it to Marty there. But it was it was a tough one for it is, tough this, one. Yeah, this is definitely one of the toughest like matchups of the whole bracket. I mean, eight and nine, eight, yep. 18, 19, you know, and and also, again, like I, like as much as Marty had all those moments, Harvey still wins out in, in my heart with the I hate the snow. Oh, that's I hate fun. the snow. You know, like that was just such a solid opener for that episode, like and just like giving him his shine where it was deserved. Can I say a weird one-off here? Isn't it weird that snow day is paired with with heat? Isn't that yeah. really it's yeah. really weird? Interesting choice. Yeah, I'm I'm curious as to like, and I I don't know, uh, but I'm curious like when they were like scheduling the carts and like planning out the season, like why they did that. It's Craig so Bartlett, let us know in the comments. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh very interesting. Well, I think we're going to move on to two very likable characters in this uh, next matchup. We've got Mr. Wynn versus Martin Johansson, Gerald's dad. I think these are both very nice characters that are very likable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, uh, Mr. Wynn is seated higher. I think he, you know, he's in a lot more episodes, a lot more appearances. Yeah. Do, do we move and him on over Martin? Rightfully so, Mr. Wynn. I mean, come on. The Simple Things is one of the best episodes. Of <laughs> yeah. possibly, possibly a top fiver. Uh, he's a fantastic character. I will not do his voice. It would come off as uh, not. Uh, it would come off it would come as off very creepy, would it not? <laughs> not uh, great. It's, yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny to do in close quarters. It's a very funny uh, voice. And, and, and the lint, the lint moment is so good. Uh and and again, like I said, the Christmas episode, you take a character Dude. that's so funny and such a it could be seen as like a, a funny joke. Uh, but then you have that when you're like, oh, this is like his past and the way oh. they can just bring him into that. Like so emotional. So uh, come on. Got to go, Mr. Wayne. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. I mean, like, again, that's just that character development of the Christmas episode and and having and just having randy travis who like when you look him up he's like a super famous country and gospel singer you're just like they got this guy someone on the on the production team was definitely a fan it was like how do i get him (laughs) to record an episode of this child's like kids show like how do i make this happen and like wrote this ridiculous arc and uh it's great like it's such a catchy tune that episode like uh the christmas episode always like dan was saying like you know breaks my heart and just like makes you like just a, this, like, again, to appreciate, just appreciate and have empathy. And it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, he's the, he's the key to that happening, this character type. And so, like, yeah, it has to, has to go forward. He does, too. And I, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about Mr. Wynn going forward because he is very – because I, I think this is the toughest bracket. We're going to pull out the big guns there. But um, I, I will say this because we do have to give Martin Johansson his due. Martin Johansson is a great episode. I think he has one really good episode in the Veterans Day episode. That is his time to shine, um, mm-hmm. showing yep. what uh, the hero he was during the Viet. Here's the weird. 
it was the Vietnam War, and both of them had, had different perspectives. Uh, yeah, right of it. And uh, yeah, Martin Johansson comes across as a hero and does the whole Veterans Day episode, which is a very special episode. I think it's very fun. It also has a nice, funny side story with Grandpa too. Um, oh yeah, with with Hitler, <laughs> with Hitler, <laughs> him swooning some like like what are the three daughters at the stable and stuff? <laughs> so good. <laughs> They're really, well, it's like an overlooked episode. Yeah, definitely good. Yes. Yeah. Well, the next one, um, it's interesting. So I want to preface this because people are like, why is Monkey Man even in this? Because he, whatever. So the interesting thing, I will say this, Monkey Man has been around since season one, running in the background, yeah. yelling Monkey Man, and that's his appearance. And then the only time we had Andy Dick come in was, that was it, season four or five? Uh, to come in to do the full Monkey Man episode. And it's true. What It's so interesting. I wonder how long they were waiting to have Gerald do the Monkey Man opening and stuff like that. So Monkey Man yeah. made it, the li- one of the living legends in Hillward. But he's going against a number four seed in, in the uh, – is he the highest – well, no, he's actually not the highest rate. In one of the most – one of the most memorable boarders in the boarding house, Oscar Kakashka. Flores, uh, do you like uh, Oscar here? So it's a tough one. This is like one of those where like they're not necessarily close in the seed at all, but they're like competitive, man. Because like there's so many little moments of Monkey Man beyond his episode that I love so much where it's like with the barge, it's like Monkey Man, Monkey (laughs) Man, you know, like and he's like sad and like it's just like, you know, things like that where and like so, you know, there's just like. The amount of range that they gave Monkey Man with just the line Monkey Man is just like a voice acting 101 right then and right there. Just of like, how many different ways can you say Monkey Man? Let's <laughs> find out. And you could just like, that's like a YouTube video waiting to happen, just counting out all the different tones of voice he had for it. Um, but also like thinking about the fact that like they definitely had Andy Dick in mind. Probably the entire time, and so like <laughs> we gotta just get enough tra- like traction for this show. Like again, it's the same thing of like getting the the country singer Randy Travis into it. Yeah. Like there's probably like these dream goal moments, and like of like oh if we like if we're doing good, we could probably ask for this, and like they made it happen, <laughs> you know. Like and it's so it's a beautiful thing, you know. With Oscar though, you get like this completely flawed, terrible person, <laughs> like. And like there's like and there's like a core there's like it's like this it's like this sad thing of like and I, I think some you know some if not all of us know someone like this we're like you know the core of a person is good but like they've just gone through so much or have been through so much that like they just can't get that back to the forefront. Um, that being said, I picked Oscar, mm. uh, and it's because like as much as Monkey Man has these great moments uh oscar is always just like this reminder <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> this could be you you know and also i just love the line where again Susie's like you always ask me to make your sense yeah and you never did like it's just like so like bro that was your takeaway at, in that argument like you're fighting with your with your wife it's a lot of like, good lines you keep oh, the body it's, it's just so, so good. yeah like, ridiculous uh, Maybe so, uh, yeah uh, oscar for me oh, oh my god so good. Yeah. What are you thinking on this guy? Uh, I love Monkey Man. I went. I went Oscar. Uh, Oscar is is just 
I don't want to say better because it was, but it's just like he has so many good episodes and so many good yeah. lines. Monkey Man is is a fantastic character. Honestly, four and a thirteen seed. That's weird. I mean, like this should be like an eight and nine the way it, uh, you know, they're really. Yeah. It's funny. They're yeah. Again, they're not ever together. They're not like two characters you'd ever associate together. But in terms of like their, you know, like how funny they are. I mean, they're both just like two great jokes. Actually, I would say though. I will take this time in terms of Oscar to tell a, a, a fun fact, which right. is this is something that's not confirmed by Craig. So I can't I can't say that he ever confirmed this, but it is widely known or if not widely known uh, that Oscar Kakashka was based off of Klasky Cuspo. Uh, Klasky yes. Cuspo was uh, the, the couple that created. Uh, I'm not going to remember their first names, but Klasky and Cuspo, they, they were the couple that created Rugrats. Rugrats, and, yeah. Uh, Craig Bartlett got his, uh, one of his, I mean, he got to start doing shorts, but then he, he was a writer uh, and, and creator of, with, uh, not creator, he was a writer of, with the show uh, Rugrats. And he based, apparently, Oscar off of one of those, creator, the, the male of, of the couple of Klasky and Cuspo, uh, because he was such a... Uh, a freeloader and and also his accent was also based off of that classy cuspo couple so it's kind of like wow. it's, it's, it's it's not a flattering look that's probably why craig bartlett never confirmed it oh uh, yeah definitely bro you can't confirm but, that. <laughs> if, I, if i was craig i wouldn't either man <laughs> but all the signs really go to it i mean that's apparently that's like he just was like i let it out you know what i mean if, you, if yeah. you're making art and you're gonna like roast a character and even in a loving way yeah. Apparently that's him. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's based on the couple. I wow, that man, too. I yeah. never knew. I never knew that. That's wild. It also like checks out for me personally. <laughs> just like <laughs> uh, it's also just so interesting how like you know, as as creators, like we always leave these gems and these breadcrumbs for our audience, right? Like, and it's always lovely to see people put the energy forth to find those breadcrumbs. And I think that's like super cool and. And also, but in terms of Oscar and classic who's going on, that's wild, bro. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. Oh man. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Austin, did you go for classic Cuspo? I mean, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I did end up going with Oscar. The the, the only yeah. thing we have with Oscar is it's just that there there is a thing where it's hard to like him, you know, because yeah. he is kind of dislikable, but he's so funny that you kind of like that a little bit. And, and Monkey Man is basically one episode. I know we made a ton of appearances. Yeah, one episode, yeah, any yeah. dick. It's a funny episode where he goes, and then stops. Um, <laughs> and I like that Monkey Man is a legend, much like Big Caesar and all these other yeah. legends they've had. Big but I, I had to go with Oscar. He is he is a prominent board member, uh, boarding house member. So I moved him forward. Um, we got four more matchups here. We got some two very angry folks going at it. We've got Big Bob Pataki versus the Jolly Ollie Man. Who voices the Jolly Ollie Man? Is that is that Craig? Who does Craig it? does? Yes, he does. That's uh, funny. Yeah. So, what do you you want to start us off here, uh, Dan? Uh, I I will not take too much time with the Jolly Ollie Man. He is very funny and is is crazy. Uh, but Big Bob is is a winner oh, here. Wait, I mean, it's Dan Castellaneta. I'm I'm my mistake. Oh, okay, it's Grandpa. Yeah, it's Dan Castellaneta. It's my mistake. Complete. Simpson. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So now we know Dolly Ollie Man, Dan Castellaneta. But I would say Big Bob Pataki, 
is fantastic. I love the Halloween episode. I love that he, I'm saving the world. I love he's, and I love that even in, this is not really a spoiler, but even in the Jungle movie, yeah. the man, which pretty much takes place in today, in today, in modern day, they don't really it makes care. Makes no sense, but yeah. It makes no sense. They just say, screw it. He still loves his beepers. He's still, still trying to sell the beepers. He, he didn't evolve with his technology. <laughs> He's just, he is a beeper king. And man, that's funny. The idea that he just, I know it's not supposed to be, I mean, I mean, it's kind of funny that he ignores his daughter. That's not a funny trope, but the way that he is portrayed and the way he does it is hysterical. The way it's just how he's such a, a hard headed, like, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just like that's such a topic that can make him so unlikable. The idea that I'm saying that he's he is likable goes to show. I mean, even the spelling bee, probably the best. That was probably the uh, the initial uh, episode that showed his character, how he basically like only thinks about Olga, only thinks about trophies, winning, and he is that kind of hard headed dad that, that a lot of people had. And uh, and the idea that you know qualm. It's, you know, remember that L Helga, and then you know, she still wants to like you know rebel against him. Like you know, that just goes to show like that you know his tactics are wrong. You know, it, oh he's just he's great. I, I'm going on too much about Big Bob attacking. I'll just say that yeah, Big Bob. I will say this: there is a soft spot for him where he does try, and but he's he phones it in sometimes. Like when Helga asks him a question, he pulls out literally a parenting book. And reads mm-hmm. it verbatim. Yeah. But the one that he does is when they the quantity time episode where they spend up time together and they hate each other. And I'm spoiling in the episode. It, this is an old one. But they end up seeing cats or, or the we're rats. We're rats. rats. Yeah. <laughs> By mistake. And because they're both kind of, you know, they're not exactly like, you know, sitting in a lot of opera houses. They're yeah, making they're not, they're not theater together. folk. <laughs> It's like okay, they get it. There, there's something there. Um, I, I, you know, I'll say this. I picked them over the Jolly Ollie Man. Jolly Ollie Man is funny, but he has just a lot of one episodes, and it's really the one episode of career day for Jolly Ollie Man. That's really yeah. comes down to Flores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, Jolly Ollie Man has like the the career day and he, and the heat episode um, yeah. are like two the two most prominent for me. Um, but it's such like. And yeah, there's that. De- there's definitely more, but it's just a, it's a matter of like with Big Bob, like you nailed it on the head with the rats moment. Like that's one yeah. of those moments that I've always loved because it's just like, you know, Big Bob is Big Bob. You hear me? Big Bob <laughs> is the um embodiment of like what men thought they were supposed to be. Yeah. Like as fathers, right? And then like, and what I love about this, and again, I get something that this show does like time and time again. It's just like it challenges that that expectation. And what does that look like in the perfect storm where, like, this man was clearly supposed to have sons <laughs> and he did not <laughs> have sons. So now as a man who expected to have sons and to create, to create like sports champions, he doesn't have that. What does he do in this new in this new role that life has thrown on his lap? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think it, there's something like humanizing about seeing him struggle with that, like where like he does care. He does want to be there for them. He just doesn't know how to communicate with it and be emotional with his kids and oh. but then he, and then he finds those common bonds like in the rats moment in the fact that they want to be competitive like mm-hmm. he finds those bonding moments the way he understands them and tries so it's just like a really beautiful thing i think and i just love the rats 
like spoof and this, them being like, this is a load of garbage. Like in, yeah. the, in, in the audience. Like, hike down your weasels is the, <laughs> they, they're so in sync that they literally say pipe down your weasels yeah. at the yeah. end of the, it's, um, the one point I was going to say, Jolly Ollie, man, it's, a, it's an episode that doesn't get shown a lot. It's a grandpa's Packard. I'm spoiling there where Jolly Ollie, man reveals to be the villain at the end of grandpa. Yes. Is he dressed like a woman? Yes, he does to play oh, a boy. Yeah. It's a big twist. It's like woo, and then that sound effect is like Meh. you know, and jolly holly <laughs> man. Yeah, he's like a criminal. Uh, <laughs> all right, anything you want to say, Dan, before we move on to three more? I'm ready. Let's do this. Three more. All righty. Ernie Potts, which is the highest ranked boarding house member. Versus Ned, and we could go Nashville Ned, we could go Nocturnal Ned. So we just went Ned, he runs the radio station down here. I think it's a kind of a heavily favored in one swing with Ernie Potts here. That's who I'm gonna go with. Um, Dan, is that the choice? That's who I'm going with as well, but I just wanted to say Nocturnal Ned with that, uh, the moment, oops, dropped my donut. Yeah, Uh, I quote that a lot. I, even when I don't have a donut, I think it's so funny. Anytime I drop something, I just go, oops, drop my donut. Uh, and that is, <laughs> that is Craig Bartlett's character, right? I, I, I can yes. verify that Dan has definitely done that at the office. <laughs> like, people back in the day. It's so good. It's so like, good. There's people, there's people listening who have seen Dan in the wild and have seen him, you know, at a Starbucks or just walking down the street and or drop a pencil and – I'll quote that line. <laughs> I, I do love What's that character. About Ned, though, is that he is actually the design is based off of Craig Bartlett, a young yeah. Craig Bartlett, right? right. Um, and Craig Bartlett voices him, and yeah, it's always he gets tricked. It's the same gag. He gets tricked, and Gerald comes on and promotes Sally's comet, or you know, gets Mister Win on the air. It's the same thing. And then he explains it. Yeah, we we switch to a Nashville fan base now. <laughs> like it's like. <laughs> Just for this episode. So, um, all right, we want to move on to uh, we got two more. I think this one will be the hard one, and then we got an easy one here. Mm, hardish, Principal Warts, um, who I do like, is in this because Principal Warts is very, very funny. Uh, versus Jerry Berman, which is Harold's dad. Now, uh, where do you stand on this floor? As you have been a uh, very uh, a proponent, we're talking about Harold's family. You have a huge connection with Harold. It seems like. Uh, do you does this connection beat out principal warts here? So I gotta say this one, I guess this was tougher than I anticipated, but I think principal warts does win out for me on this one okay. only because like it's like the same energy of Harold though, like of he's a bully, but it's like his job to like command and yet again, like humanizing in some ways, but yet like, Again, like there's, it's just there's more to people than you think, and it's that that same energy that I that is like in the veins of the show, um, that I love that Principal Warts is like, what happens to the the people in that age group doing this thing like dealing with kids at this age and and like being this like guy that's like he knows he's hated right like you know he knows no one likes him and like <laughs> how do you cope with that <laughs> like you know so it was Principal Warts for me, but you know again Harold's family just has a nice corner of my heart that's like they own i could say the exact same thing flores i really could I, i'm picked warts as well he is funny i love i love how he uh the, the no chalk no teachers like the strike <laughs> episode 
I love the way he handles that. I love that he loves. Uh, are you attempting to dance the flamingo, Principal Wars? Yes. When he gets caught in the flood, <laughs> uh, I love that he's just got these weird little idiosyncrasies, these little like hidden things that he he's just like a little kid and he's like comes out and he's like, you know, he's, he's oh what was it? I, I get a date till I was twenty three. Oh, it was, it was like what was that again? It's like he he didn't have a date till he was like in his twenties. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's so funny. Uh, he's. He's just a loser. I think he's so funny. Uh, Jerry is great, but he doesn't have enough time to shine. I think he is. He has great moments, but not enough as Principal Ward. So yeah, I, I think I think a lot of Jerry is based off of Marilyn. It's like, well, you know, you could lose the extra weight. He doesn't need to lose the extra weight. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. Jerry. It's um, it's interesting because uh, do you guys watch Seinfeld? You know, um, I I'm one of the few people in America who has not. That's okay. <laughs> I've only so, seen episodes. I've never seen the whole thing. Isn't that funny that we're like two guys? Yeah, we never so, watched the full entirety. I'm an enormous Seinfeld fan. And actually, I just thought of this. Like, the initial thing. Like, you've seen, seen episodes. George's parents are very, you know, these Jewish. And, and mm-hmm. Estelle and, and, and his father, played by Jerry Stiller, the late Jerry yeah. Stiller. Initially, Jerry Stiller wasn't the initial role for George's father. Somebody else was supposed to play Frank Costanza. And he played it much more like Marilyn and Jerry, where Estelle was very loud and one was more reserved. And that's what they did. And then they changed it and said, you know, what if they just both yelled? Because that was Jerry's choice. And then uh, it ended up working. So uh, that's, that's just an great. interesting thing. But I also went with Principal Wartz. I, 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 I think Principal Wartz is hilarious um, and ridiculous. And um, But Jerry's fine. Jerry's fine. I don't have anything against Jerry. Um <laughs> I think the last one is a layup. I mean, we've got this one. You probably people had to probably look up this one here. We've got Mr. Simmons That's so versus funny. Vic, which is the you, heavier you old goat. <laughs> you right. oh, hey, hey, Oscar, you old goat. I love how he's like the, the counterfeit penny guy. And then yeah. suddenly he's playing cards with Oscar. Like He just pops up. He's like this low life. Uh, he's somehow going. made a little more appearances than Maury somehow, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know how you don't pick Mr. Simmons. We're all going Simmons. If you're not going yeah. Simmons, you just hate that character. I mean, like Simmons is great, so we're going. We're all going to Mr. Simmons. Agreed. Uh, yeah. If you if you don't like Simmons, uh, maybe he's therapy. Uh, yeah. but uh, you know, it's no, it's uh, he's just like again, he's so wholesome and he's he's just trying to put his again, he's that same type of like Lila energy where like no matter what's going on behind the scenes, they're always trying to put their best foot forward. Uh, and do their best, and like he also emulates that. He has that same uh, empathy that Arnold has, you know. Also, is he the first openly gay character on Nickelodeon? Um, he maybe, but they may... just didn't do it. They wanted to make him gay. Eugene is also gay, but according to Craig, doesn't hasn't realized that yet. Oh yeah, In but I mean, oh, okay. the Thanksgiving episode though, he has his partner. That's yeah, that's what part... it's all about. Yeah. It's the whole episode uh, is him being I think not accepted. He, being I think he, I think he might be um, the first, if I'm not mistaken. But we gotta, we gotta, safe. we gotta check to the history archives. Yeah, it's just a hard thing, right? Because like it's one of these things that TV, yeah, TV and like film in general, they've always done this thing where like they put it in, but uh, you know they put people in, but they don't acknowledge it. And like right. you know sometimes that's just not enough. Like you know, and, and but you also gotta take into consideration what was allowed to be on TV at the time, right? Yeah, like even in even in 2013, right, like Legend of Korra, like they walk into the sunset together and like the creators immediately afterwards confirm that they were in a relationship, um, you know, Korra and Asami. But, you know, 
they couldn't do it right like they couldn't fully go there like you know uh on tv wow so, buddy way to completely blow season four ending of cora well, i am a lot more that happens <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, like, uh, no one's here for Cora. They're here for Harry Arnold. No, uh, but, like, but, all, you know, joke, joke, all jokes aside, though, it's, like, this interesting thing that there is such, like, a tightrope to play there. And yeah. it's, like, you know, it's hard to be, like, oh, we did it. But, like, you didn't say it out loud, but you tried. And and still, at the end of the day, people who who are who needed that acknowledgement, they see themselves in those characters, right? So it's a beautiful thing to, like, to see people being allies and supporting those ideals however they can because you know it's not you know it takes there's so many gears in the machine to get something put on tv so to even get that far i think was like progress in itself and that that he's a great character it's not like like oscar was that character like it's like simmons is a wonderful sensitive uh poetic uh character i mean also i i will say i was gonna probably save this for the next round but i'll i'll say it right now i mean uh Man, man, guys, the most haunting moment possibly of the show is when Harold eats his sandwich. Oh, it's like, my God. Oh, it's, it's so sad. And, when, and I'm with Simmons on that big time. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Sandwich. Yeah, it's, it's, you want to hear a quick thing? I'm not going to say – we're actually I'm, – I'm friends with this person. It's fine. But I was working at a place, and I went to the cafeteria, picked up some food, and I had a bunch of stuff to clean up. And I'm like, I have fries. I have this thick – and this girl starts eating all my food, and I lost it again. <laughs> like I totally empathize hey, with Simmons. For for the audience out there, you do not eat another person's food without their permission. Straight That's a up. rule. Um, I don't care who you are. <laughs> so I get it. Like Simmons is sitting there, like, well, that's okay. I've got my this sandwich and blah 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 blah. And then he's watching. And he's like, oh, no, it's over. <laughs> that's that's oh, the man. breaking point. Really. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, Simmons is a good character. He does have his flaws, like when he's doing Romeo and Juliet or when he does the whole documentary thing. But uh, right. we'll, I'm sure we'll get more into Simmons when when he gets a little more competition later on because he's got to go against Principal Warts, which is a fun matchup yeah. next next time. Yeah, we really um, we really crushed round one. I think we all made great choices. I think these are great. This, yeah. This, mm-hmm. I it's tough. What a bracket. I mean, it's yeah. also just like this is just to say you could just do this many characters from one show, and like dig in yeah. like this, like just thinking about how much time we took discussing all these characters, right? There's all, there's very few parts of the bracket where we're like, ah, it's a no-brainer. Like, you well, know? yeah, some of them are layups, but later on, I don't think some of these twos and ones are just they're, they're going to meet their makers soon, and they're going to have some tough ones. So yeah, yeah. Um, man. Hey, you you got through it. We got through the first episode. Um. So uh, why don't we end on anything? Just see whatever things, and if there's anything you want to plug or even just say anything, we'll we'll start with Dan. Uh, what do you want to say? How is your uh, bracket looking? Um, um, don't bracket. spoil anything. We'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, how's yeah. your bracket looking thus far? Bracket is great. Right? Yeah. No, I feel good. I feel that this is not a. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think I'm gonna be looking really good for the. Uh, I mean, who knows, though? I, I feel I feel confident right now, but who knows? Uh, I will say the only thing I'll plug right now is to go watch the Jungle movie, uh, which I had nothing I had nothing to do with. I literally just helped make the promotional materials that you probably saw on YouTube and and uh, social. I mean, oh, and, and, and if you're watching Nickelodeon 2017, you saw some of the promos I worked on. But awesome. uh, I will say the thing, yeah, just go watch that movie if you're a fan. If you made it this far, if you listen to this episode... 
and you're following along, you're clearly a fan. So <laughs> do yourself a service. If you just skipped it, if you weren't interested, uh, go check that out. I'll have plenty more plugs uh, for the next episodes, but that's my plug right now. Go go watch that, please. Well, thank you so much uh, for this time, Dan. Uh, Flores, uh, what do you got to say? Uh, what are your thoughts and anything you want to talk about? I, too, second Daniel's recommendation. <laughs> I'm Morgan Freeman, and you should watch Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie. No, how but uh, <laughs> how's your bracket looking too? Uh, yeah, yeah, bracket. Uh, it's looking pretty good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had some that didn't line up, but for the most part, I think I'm like we're all in line. We're in tandem so far. I think really when we get into the next rounds, yeah, is when we're really gonna see like push and shove of just like again like like going back to like that impact to like dynamics and like what they meant to as a character like to the rest of the the social hierarchy like we're really gonna have to dig into that to get our winners out of this but um you know i'm pretty good so far i gotta say like not too many not too many l's not yet anyways um but yeah in terms of plugs i'm gonna save my plugs for for another another time but uh i can't wait for the next round this is gonna be awesome it's gonna be great well First of all, I just want to thank you both for uh, kicking off this inaugural episode. Uh, I think uh, we clearly have the right people here to discuss Hey Arnold characters. Uh, and I want to thank uh, my listeners for tuning in. I know the first episode's a big one and a lot to get through, but I, I think uh, this is why you're here. You're here for the nerdiness. You're here for the nitty gritty. And uh, I hope your bracket is looking well as you filled it out here. We will see you next time on episode two of season four, where we get into uh, the next round of Hey Arnold characters. See you next time. Goodbye, guys.